Brent Martineau. You see him every day on CBS 47, Fox 30, Action Sports Jacks. Austin Lane. He's a former Jag star and current MMA fighter. Broadcasting live from the Anna Jar and Levine studio. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. Birdie, birdie, Miss Birdie, then Eagle. Tiger Woods had it rolling today at the PGA Championship. Then he limped home like a 43-year-old golfer who's had back surgeries and hasn't played since the Masters. So what you're saying is we should have taken that top 10 after the first round bet? Probably, yes. <laughs> we per- should have picked against Tiger and everything. Actually, Ty asked me this morning, all right, if you can have even, under par, or over par, what are you taking? I correctly did pick over par. I thought he'd be a little rusty. I yeah. wasn't super confident going into this one. What I didn't see coming is Brooks Kepka blowing away the field to this point. Mm-hmm. Four-shot lead at the uh, PGA Championship. We'll keep you up to date on some of the golf. Uh, we won't talk a ton of it because if you want to be watching it, you can probably see it. But we will update you on uh, what is happening in the afternoon with the Mickelsons and McElroys and Jason Days of the world. Did I you don't know how you're – right now? Is that your guy? Oh, yeah. See, this is why I don't mess with golf because – I didn't even know what a foursome was, right? So I'm pretty close in terms of people who actually golf. I mean, I know Tiger Woods. I know the big names. I pick a guy because he looked hungover in his picture <laughs> for for the PGA, you know, pictures or whatever like that. I picked this dude. Brenton's never heard of him. I have no idea who he is. And all of a sudden, granted, there's still a lot of time left. But he's fifth right now he at is 200. tied for fifth. Michael so Lorenzo That's Vera, why right? I don't mess with golf, man, because it's literally just picking a, a duck out of a pond and hoping you get the right one. Mike Lorenzo Vera. Yeah. That's your guy. That's my guy. Fifth I mean, place right I now. I seriously have never heard of him. He's two under par. Uh, that is the one thing about even uh, where Tiger sits. Don't even take Brooks Kepka out of the equation because you have to right now. Now, mm-hmm. Danny Lee's got the four under. But really, you got to consider like three under is where everybody's at. You know, Tiger got to one under par. He was tied for fifth. But again, Kepka could run away with this thing if he has a brilliant round tomorrow. We'll see what happens. He's playing in the afternoon uh, on Friday along with Tiger Woods. But Mike Lorenzo Vera, is that an Italian flag or is that a French flag next to him? That, you see it? that would be the French flag because the Italians got green in it. If I'm not you're right. Mistaken. You're right. It is. Yeah. So that's the so he's a, he's a Frenchman. He's a Frenchman who likes his Long Island iced teas. Who I've never heard of. Yeah. But right now, you're doing pretty well. <laughs> yeah. And I, I'm not going to front and say there was any skill behind my decision. It was literally because he looked hungover. Do and you that's have, why I picked him. Do you have stock in Chipotle? <laughs> no, I don't. But you I should, should right? get it. I should. I should get it. Yeah, I'm, I'm averaging Chipotle at least once a week now. Once a week? Yeah. No way, dude. You're averaging Maybe way twice more than week. once a week. Maybe it's twice like, a week. It's at least 1.8, if not into the two range. Yeah. Uh, options were kind of limited at home today, and uh, I didn't feel like making something up quick. So You go Chipotle to Chipotle. I mean, we need to get a, maybe a little sponsor segment here uh, since we'll give them a little free pub. But yeah. do you go in, Do you go to one specific Chipotle all the time? Oh, uh, you, I mean, it all depends. So, like, now, since I, I moved to the new spot kind of off south side, I go to the St. John's Town Center one. So just use the Chipotle app, uh, set it and forget it, and just go uh, pick yeah. it up, man. So it's pretty convenient. And look who's talking Mr. Smoothie King over here. Listen, What I, is this, Dave? Five in a row with Smoothie King? It probably is. Okay. Smoothie uh, King, cut the check. Let's go. I know. It's a meal replacement. Yeah. Let's go. Lean one. Vanilla with coffee now. Used to be with strawberries, but vanilla's be- uh, coffee is better okay. for me, apparently. Less carbs. Okay. But hello, 
Product placement, Smoothie King. Is, Hello? Wait, so then is your order, is that the Bill Romanowski special or not? What was uh, his? It was Lean One Vanilla, okay. but I don't think it was with... He he has the Lean One product. I don't know oh, if he he put something he else in it. He might actually throw peanut butter in it or something. Okay, I'm not I'm not really sure, but it is his. That Lean One. Yeah, that's good. Still most still the most intense interview I've ever done with yeah, anybody. That was a lot probably of fun. will be. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Do they know you at Chipotle by name? No, because listen, like the way it's set up for the to go order we is hope like they listen. They uh, they put it to the side, so like it's, it's kind of convenient. Like you don't have to yeah. go talk to anybody. You just get in, get out. So I don't say hi. I just mind my own business. Go to the corner, get my bag. I uh, get a fork, get a napkin, and I'm gone. I did that. Do that at Star- Starbucks quite a bit. I but I also order up. So Wait, I kind of so know the people at Starbucks. Do you order Starbucks online? I do it on app. It's coffee. Wait. What do you, what do you, what sometimes, do you sometimes that how coffee takes a while. How many mean? times have you been to Starbucks with me? Uh, uh, like twice, a couple times. Twice? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did yeah. it take two minutes? Uh, I can't. Honestly, it was probably like a ten-minute wait. Dude, but I mean, I had a great conversation. They, they order. I'll have a latte Unicorn. with two pumps of this and that. And I mean, it's like a it's like a ten-minute description of what you want to order. For sure. Hey, people, I just want coffee. Yeah. Just give me coffee. So there's an app to get your coffee in advance. Oh yeah. Wow. There's also a Wawa app that does the same thing. And by the way, well, I, I just realized, you know what I'm talking about? I usually grab a coffee about this time to go in, to, you know, to bring on the show, and I totally forgot about it. Oh, what wow. else can we plug today that could so, maybe sponsor so us? Maybe, Coos, can you, how fast can you run to Wawa? I'll buy you fly. Am I am I running, running, or no, am I drive. driving? I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I just want a coffee from I can, Wawa. Uh, I mean, not in it. That's a hard. coffee. What's going to hold me up the most is that light, because then you have to you loop around. You do have to loop around. You that's know, what's going to hold me up. They had a little crossover there. Did you see oh, that? Oh, the, the trucks people were, were doing trucks it. Were yeah. going over, and they filled it in. They put, like, flowers and stuff. <laughs> I know. And I, was, I never I'm, had the guts to do it. You I'm know, waiting I was for like, the person that just oh, goes through the that. flowers. All right, Brent, I have a question for you because you're <laughs> you're an avid coffee drinker. Kuz, do you dabble in coffee at all or not? I have an iced coffee right okay. here right now. Great. Oh, so this is these are great guys running my idea off of here. Listen to me. An app that shows where the best coffee, you know, it's, so it's kind of like a... Kind of like what was the one app for like food? It used to be Yelp. Uh, uh, no, Yelp, but yeah, it was, it was another it was one. Urban nah. Spoon. It used to be Urban Spoon, oh, okay, but I'm now it's like Zomato or whatever, whatever it is. But I'm saying just for coffee. So you list all the best coffee shops in the area. If That'd it, be great if you're in a new city. I like. Do it. they have that yet or not? There are some good ones here. In I don't know too. if they have that. Copyright it. Let's go, Coos. Get on that. Let's go. Right. Now. Make it. it costs like well, 20 grand What do you want me to do? Go get coffee from Wawa or copyright this? Copyright it first. get coffee first. Because <laughs> okay. If, okay. If, so just screw the money. Screw printing out money, well, Brent. Nobody's going to do that over in the next couple hours. If I do... We've got a lot of listeners on the show, Brent. You never know. But if I, if I do think that I can't make it through the rest of the show with my water and smoothie king... Then I do have a 20th anniversary Tim Wakefield Celebrity Golf Classic <laughs> bottle of wine. And we do have some Vita de Louis yeah. tequila and the uh, original yes. champagne from when we started the show. Absolutely. So <laughs> uh, since we're giving shout outs to everybody, thanks to the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl, they dropped us off a present today. Nice. See, on the show, if you watch on the video, we've had up, uh, I, I found this thing. It was the Kentucky-Georgia Tech game December 31st, 2016. It was a football. That thing's slippery, man. I can't get it. Can't grab it. Got it bad hands. That's not a oh, regulation go. size there, is it? At, at the white part, you're slippery. But yeah. So we got our tax layer bowl that we've had in the, in the the kind of in the background of our video. Well, Katie Cox, very nice 
of her to uh, send us a new ball with Jimbo Fisher and Dave Doran's signature on it nice. from this past Tax Slayer Gator Bowl. Okay. So how many more sponsors can we mention? We mentioned every sponsor that's not on the show. We better get the <laughs> ones in that are on the show here today. <laughs> uh, hey, we're going to talk some more football today. 100 days, ESPN690.com, big article. My wife said, how many times am I going to get this message about 100 days until the college football season? I said, well, thanks for a talking point today. 100 <laughs> days until the college football season. We will talk to Will Salmon uh, from Gainesville uh, and The Athletic on all the Dan Mullen stuff. He talked again yesterday and said something that raised some eyebrows, plus the happenings at Florida. Uh, so we'll talk about the Gators. But also, I want to get some thoughts. Uh, let's go 100 days away. Maybe two or three things get you excited about the college football season. That is 100 days away, whether it's a game on the schedule, a player, a program, a team. Uh, so we'll talk a little bit about that in college football. I want to expand on what we talked about yesterday. You know, we've been all over the Telvin Smith, Miles Jack, what the linebacker situation going to look like. I want to press you a little bit more on on first of all, Miles Jack' ability to say, "Hey," and again, this is his thoughts. I'm not ripping Miles Jack for this. His thought was, "I'm the Mike linebacker. That's what I'm doing. I've moved around enough. That's my job. I'm I'm going to be good at it." But you yesterday on the show said he might be doing a disservice to himself given the skill set that he has. Most athletic player on the defense, in your opinion. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, when's push come to shove on that? Somebody also suggested, which I thought was a good suggestion, is he trying to play middle linebacker and stay with middle linebacker because it's a contract year, therefore can get more cash out of the middle linebacker label than he would if he was on the weak side? Is that a fact, though? I don't know. I've got to look it up. <laughs> okay, because I'm trying to – I mean – The weak side line, like Luke Keekley. Well, he's going to make more Luke than. Luke is like one of the best linebackers in the game. Okay, but that's Miles but, Jack's hoping to be. Okay, my point. so here I got it right here. Um, oh, I don't have the. Okay, never mind. Sorry, I don't have it. So we'll get it. it uh, yeah, this it, is well, a tease. So we don't it, have to have the answers it, it, right listen, now. Listen, I don't have the answers, but it all depends. Because <laughs> think about it, though, Brent. Like in the three-four defense, the outside linebackers probably making the most money on the defensive. Um, and in the defensive scheme of things. Okay. Because they're the one getting after the passer. So uh, from the matter of inside linebacker to outside linebacker in a, in a standard 4-3 front, it might be a little bit, but I, I don't think it's that much more. And, you know, to try to get back to my point where we talked about Selvin Smith, the thing that he really uh, that he does really well on at playing that linebacker spot was his speed. He uses speed to his advantage because he was an undersized guy, but especially at, you know having that weak side um, position where you don't have to worry about the tight end usually. You don't have to worry about – I mean, yes, the play is going to come to you sometimes, but it's more about chasing backside, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's, uh, that's kind of the calling card of a weak side linebacker. So – when I see Miles Jack run the 40-yard dash, I saw the combine video a couple of days ago because I watched it again because I wanted to see how much of a freak he was. And spoiler alert, he was a freak, yeah. as we all know. So when you talk about Miles Jack, I mean, he's the most athletic person on that defense. So I, I don't understand why you wouldn't put the most athletic, at least linebacker on the team, at the weak side where he can use his speed, he can use his athleticism, you, you can blitz him, you can put him in coverage. He, he can do everything. Brenda, this is a guy that's played safety before. So I think the guy can cover a little bit if he's asked to. Now, it's probably not the most ideal thing you want him to do, 
But if you want to throw some different games out there, you want to throw some different blitzes out there, he's he can do that. If you put him at middle linebacker, I mean, you're asking him basically just to come downhill and stop the run, you know, and eventually drop back in coverage too a little bit. But I feel like athleticism um, shines more at the outside linebacker spot, especially that weak side. Yeah, so I'm going to ask you a little bit more about that. And, and part of it is I want to say, hey, in the long run, if it's a 10, 12, 15-year career for Miles Jack, is he having a better career at middle linebacker or a better career at weak side linebacker? Don't answer it yet. Yeah. But I'll ask you that. We'll talk about it coming up. And you continue to hint, and I'm going to see if you'll go all in. <laughs> On this defense, throwing some wrinkles with the 3-4 look. With the addition of Josh Allen, with some of the depth they now have at, at linebacker, with Quincy Willis, with all this stuff. And Josh Allen's really the key there. That's the guy. That's why you've said that. So uh, we'll talk a little bit about that. Could we see a scheme change from time to time? I, I'm convinced they will not change this as a foundation because it's been so good the last couple of years. But do they vary it up a little bit? Let's stay on it right now. We've got so much to get to. Golf, maybe even throw a little baseball in there. Interesting article about robotic umpires today, which I hate the idea of. Your thoughts if you want to call in on anything, 904-362-9901. Just getting warmed up on a beautiful Thursday in Jacksonville. Thanks for hanging with us on ESPN 690. Welcome back here on a Thursday. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Glad to have you along with us. Hope you're having a fantastic day and a good work week and almost time for the weekend. May is going by a little too fast. May has been unbelievable weather-wise and uh, just kind of a nice month. Just feels good. It's slowed down. I don't know about your life, but in my life, it's kind of slowed down. <laughs> so uh, I kind of like May. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For, for me, it's pretty much uh, the same. You know, it's training at night. Getting ready for a fight. Hopefully, too. Can't release a date quite yet, but it's going to be uh, mid-July. Oh, we're looking yeah. For. So, Sweet. Uh, I think we might have something in the works here. Finally. All right. Yes. And it could be in town, out of town. We're not sure yet. Looking at Tallahassee, possibly. Oh, Tally. Yeah, maybe we can uh, get some Florida State coverage going on there, too. As well. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what's going on in July there. I don't. Are, do they start training uh, camp yet? Well, they or will they start, probably a little yeah. bit late July, but okay. it doesn't matter. Yeah. I want to see a little uh, Austin Lane MMA. We might there have to do go. a show from there, now depending on the date. Depending on the date, depending yes. We've got to work around some vacations Okay. Uh, in July as well. We're allowed to do that, and we're going to do it. Uh, hey, let's go to the phone lines early. And uh, South Beach Gary chiming in early on the show here on a Thursday. What's up, man? Good afternoon, gentlemen. Thanks for the support the other day, Austin. With what? That idiot that wanted me banned. You go, well, should we bring uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> You're very welcome. I don't, I don't know, know what I ever did to you. I, I don't know. But... Maybe they had a valid point, South Beach Gary. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, uh, you know, I thought Tiger made a tactical mistake, guys. Uh, not playing competitive golf since Augusta to, to go to a course that's as long and as tough as uh, as Beth Page Black. I think, you know, uh, I don't think that was a good idea. And it obviously showed today in the inconsistency of his game. Yeah, I didn't like it either, Gary. I mean, I, listen, I'm on the Tiger Tiger radar, and uh, I I get it because it was kind of it's different on the calendar. He usually, I think, takes four weeks off after the Masters, and then it's okay because he's got uh, kind of rolls right into the usually the Players Championship. I think. Um, well, 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 he's got the Memorial Hall that he plays before the U.S. Open and all, though, usually. And then he's got that, too. But, a couple weeks before the U.S. Open. Yeah, and you got to remember, the calendar's so different now. You know, the, the Florida swim, 
Maybe I'm wrong that he didn't take four weeks off. I thought I heard him say that, but before the players used to be the Honda and Bay Hill, and he obviously would try to play. It's so hard to figure out Tiger's schedule in recent years because he's been so on and off. And Doral, he played Doral a lot. Yeah, so, but I, I agree with you. Bottom line here is I think, I, I think I get why he took the time off because I think it was such an emotional high and it was draining, and I don't know where the perfect fit or spot would have been to play for Tiger, and I know how much he likes to be rested into the majors, but I I yesterday said on the show, I really have no idea what to expect from Tiger, and, and, and I and think what that's I, what we got today. We got a round where he, he four three putts, and he went on a stretch that was like, oh my goodness, here, here he goes again. I mean, he's going to finish this round three under, three shots back, and he's going to be in perfect position, but instead he, he just was miserable down the stretch. Right. And one other thing, what has Adam Gase done to accomplish to basically undermine McCagnan in uh, New York, whether you agree with the Valadian Bell signing or the, the Mosley signing, what has he accomplished guys? And basically I, I think he was the reason he ran Jay and Jarvis Landry out of Miami, you know, belly aching about uh, the contracts they wanted. And uh, Dolphins only got a fifth rounder for uh, Jarvis Landry. I would say one of the, Easily one of the 10, 12 most talented receivers in the NFL. I think he, he helped ruin the Dolphins. And uh, I just want to know uh, whether McKagan, whether you agree with the job he's got, what has he earned the right to undermine McKagan for? And I'll, I'll like to hear you guys' thoughts, and I'll, I'll hang up and listen. Thanks, guys. Right, no problem. Thanks, South Beach Gary. So when you're talking about Adam Gase, his time in Miami, I mean, from what I've heard, and I have a few people I've talked to about Adam Gase, was that uh, he lost that locker room. Okay, so you want to throw Landry in the mix, you want to throw Ajayi in the mix. Listen, those are two quality players. I think Landry a little more than Ajayi right now at his career, but um, at the time, both were solid players. And the reason why Gase got rid of him, and you want to say it was money, okay, so be it. But from what I understand, it was because of the culture. Like, he didn't want those guys in the locker room, didn't want those guys on the team, and he proved it by shipping them off for a discounted price. You know, he basically took whatever he could get for them, which was a huge mistake in my opinion. So now let's fast forward. So Gase leaves Miami, goes to New York, which was kind of a, a little surprise of a, of a signing in the first place, and now is taken over as an interim GM. Keep in mind... Miami's in New York's conference, in their division. Like, n- n- New York knows Miami, okay? Like, they play each other every single year. Mm-hmm. So for New York to just look down at Miami and be like, ah, let's see what the Dolphins did down there. Yeah, bottom of the division, not that good. Let's go ahead and bring Adam Gase as a head coach. You know what? I got a feeling about this guy. Let's make him a GM as well. Like, listen, um, I have no idea what's going on in New York. I don't know why you make him the GM. I get the firing of the GM, like the timing that you talked about yesterday, Brent, because yeah. the fact was, all right, you don't want to do it right before the draft and cause chaos. So he brought his guys in, then he got fired. But the fact that you made Adam Gase the bat, you know, the GM right now um, is a mess, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I, I'm not a huge Adam Gase guy. I don't know the love affair yeah. with Adam Gase. I, I'll just say that. I've heard stories before in the past about him, um, and, and not like, oh, my gosh, stories that are going to be in the back pages of the Daily News. Just like, I'm kind of like, well, I'm glad he's not the coach of this team or whatever. You know, that I, I just don't – I'd steer clear of Adam Gase from what I've heard. And, and I also knew some folks uh, that were a little close to the Miami organization, and that was like a split Miami headquarters where they they weren't sure if they wanted to keep him, and then there were half the people in there that couldn't wait to get rid of him. So that's toxic. That's not good. And and 
I, I just don't I don't want to bring that on to my organization if I'm an owner or or making that move. So um, now, listen, I think there are also some people that think McCagnan, it's not like he's some genius GM that has done all these great things and now has wrongfully been terminated. There are probably some people that thought he wasn't doing a great job anyway, although I do like the talent they've built on that roster. Well, I really do. I mean, then, I, like, I, like, I like Sam Darnold. I, I think uh, they could be better at wide receiver, but I like the defensive pieces they put together. Now, with Leonard Williams and Quinton Williams, I, I don't think Leonard Williams was a pick of uh, of this guy uh, because they've already made so many changes. But the Le'Veon Bell room with the mon- uh, with move with the money that they did have to spend – that made sense. That's a good get for a young player like Sam Darnold. Now, how much money he can spend, that's debatable. But I don't mind the Le'Veon Bell room. They had the money to spend. So it, silly stuff right now going on with the Jets, the circus. We talked a little bit about it yesterday. But um, but I kind of like the Jets roster. Well, and that's exactly the point. Like, the GM can't make the players play on the field. His job is to bring the bring in the talent. I think the fact that his drafts, you know, have been okay, the fact that he went out and got Le'Veon Bell, who Adam Gase said they spend too much money on now. So, h- how is that relationship? Yeah. It, all of a sudden, a rumor leaks out saying that your interim GM, quote-unquote, says that they overpaid for Le'Veon Bell, who's probably your best player on that team right now. What do you think What do you think Bell's sitting, sitting in that locker room right now? I don't care what he thinks, first of all, is what I'm going to tell okay. you. And secondly, is this something I do want to get into after, is do players have rabbit ears too much now? Do, do, are they well, listening to too much, commenting on too much? Have Should they just kind of be like, hey, we know what's a business, and uh, we're going to get into they, it. I want to yeah, ask you that. They don't have rabbit ears. They have eyes. They, they have, I mean, they have regular ears because it's everywhere in social media. How is a player not supposed to come across that well, stuff? Okay, it's if you believe what you read on social media all the time. Yeah. Now, I mean, if he wants to call Adam Gase and say, hey, did you disagree with this, and then – but he is reacting. My point on the old rabbit ears thing is he's reacting off social media. Have we figured out if it's exactly true that Gase or is it just a report that Gase thought they paid too much money for Le'Veon Bell? That's my point. I feel like the athlete is chiming in now before we really know the story, the facts of the story. They're going off just reports of the story or rumors and is that a dangerous thing? We're going to get into that uh, a little bit later. Uh, Miles Jack thought before we continue on with this, uh, before the changing of the defense. If I say Miles Jack, at the in five years from now, is a top flight linebacker in the NFL, is it because he played the weak side or the middle linebacker spot? Or either Honestly, way. no, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I think he's that much of a special talent. And with that deficit that the Jaguars have right now, I think he could be a stud either way. Okay. And, and, and that's me being wholeheartedly honest now. Um, I think that the defense has more success if he lines up outside. But I think Miles Jack's going to be fine regardless. And, and listen, and, and I've been the one campaigning that he should probably move to weak side, but that's not to say he didn't do a good job at inside linebacker. I thought he did pretty well last year. Um, you know, you, you can say there's a couple games where the defense kind of let up a little bit, but the, the middle linebackers, the biggest shot of the middle linebackers is getting everybody lined up mm-hmm. um, in the right spot, you know, and calling out the calling out the blitzes and the formations and things like that. From what I saw from a communication standpoint last year on that defense, I thought Miles Jack did a pretty damn good job. Yeah, and he was. My guess is he wasn't perfect at it, and he's going no, to. He's going to get better at it. But yeah. he's taking. He's already put the work in. Yeah. And I think that was his point the other night when we talked to him. Is 
Hey, I've already moved around. Like I've been no, going to be yeah. this job. Like mm-hmm. I learned from Paul Puzlesny for two years. I this is my. I'm the quarterback of that defense. Of course, and if, if, if I'm Miles Jack, you know, I mean, I'm. I've started myself in the middle linebacker spot now. I learned from Puzz, and now you're asking me to go someplace else. Like, for me, from an ego standpoint, it's like, well, you're saying I didn't do my job good enough last year, which isn't true at all. So I can see Miles Jack's standpoint, but at the end of the day, you got to go where you can fit in and be the best for your team. Are we about to see a little bit of a standoff between the Jags coaching staff and their beliefs, what Miles Jack can do, should do? And Miles Jack, let's talk about it next on ESPN 690. All right, a couple of things here as we get back into it. And I want to stay on Miles Jack. I got to I gotta get locked in on this. I got so many questions. <laughs> and I want to find some answers. I'm into it. I'm into the linebacker situation. The, the Jaguars linebacker situation might be the most intriguing thing they've got going. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, linebacker situations are not usually intriguing, interesting, dramatic. Right now, it's the most dramatic position group in the NFL. <laughs> I no, mean, for sure. It sure feels that way. And by the way, I got something else. David Stevens chimes in on social media. Maybe he just hasn't found the show yet. But he says, riddle me this. The Feinbaum show is probably the most popular sports talk show in the country that allows fans to be heard. Debatable, but I don't know. Local shows seem to think that talking heads sharing their opinions is more entertaining. It's not. Well, David. 904-362-9901, David. Feel free to chime in. Let's hear what you got. Jump on over. I don't know what station you're listening to, David, but jump on in here on ESPN 690. I didn't mean to come across as threatening. That was a a (laughs) a little too aggressive. Hey, hey, Dave, man, I'm just saying, if you got some free time, want to call in, man, hang out a little bit, 904-362-9901. Thank you. That was very nice. That was very kind. Yeah, I was literally telling him, like, you better. I was was worried for him if he called in. (laughs) Sorry about that. By the way, Stevie Sachs says, I think he's more effective playing the weak side in terms of Miles Jack. Uh, Jersey two Jacks weak side. He got trucked by Josh Allen and big Ben. Now listen, Jersey two Jacks, not strong enough. Miles Jack is a strong dude. He's a big, violent linebacker. He can be don't, don't assume this guy can't be physical and violent because he's so athletic. That's dangerous to do with Miles Jack. That guy pops people. Now he might've got trucked. I don't even remember those two situations and I probably should, but that that doesn't mean you can't get in a bad technique and get run over and all those things. But if you go back and watch, especially 2017, and some of the blows he delivered, it was violent, violent. And I think that's one thing Miles Jack doesn't get credit for is just how violent and physical he can be because everybody raves about his athleticism. And you think athleticism, what do you think? A little more finesse, right? Yeah, that's kind of – and it's the they same go thing. hand in hand. And by the way, I will say the same exact thing about Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey is successful, one, because he's an uber athlete. He's mm-hmm. unbelievable. But he is physical and can be a very good violent, – violent at the cornerback position is getting a little dramatic. But – he is certainly well, physical. It also helps having a seven-foot wingspan as well. well. But that's yeah. the thing. But no, I'm and he's saying, not but, afraid but, to hit people, no, too. He, he uses that to his advantage. That's why it's such a great corner. So yes. I think you've got to be really careful. I, I don't like when people do that to Miles Jack, and I'll say the same about Jalen Ramsey. I don't think this is not a physical player. And, and obviously, middle linebacker and linebacker in general, you have to be some sort of physical. But just because we put him in the surpass, 
supreme athlete category doesn't mean that takes away from how he is from a physical standpoint. Meanwhile, Joshua says uh, he thinks he should play middle, but if Jake Ryan is 100% then weak side, he's the best coverage linebacker in the league. I also not, might be a little over-dramatization there, but I get your point. And that's really the fascinating thing to me, Austin. Why did they go get Jake Ryan? Jake Ryan is a pure middle. Oh, yeah, without a doubt, hands so, down. So I don't – Who played well So and who played pretty well in Green Bay before he got hurt. Yeah. Um, so let's get – we was, always assume so, health, but why now, would you go get well, him? Well, here we go, and this is pro football focus. Take it for how you want. But there was one time – I want to say it was his second year. Um, he had the highest run grade at middle linebacker in the entire NFL. Um, now, in terms of pass – uh, pass dropping and dropping back into coverage. That's something, and he, we even had him on the show. He's never coming back like we've talked about, but we had him on the show, and he even mentioned <laughs> the fact that, uh, you know, he, that was one thing that he struggled on. He's working on it. So to bring in Jake Ryan, and I'm not a conspiracy theorist, you know. I'm not a tinfoil hat guy, Brent, but I guess we're, we're setting it up right now for where I stand on the fence because the fence is no place to live. No, it isn't. You know, either you pick one side or the other. And Dom Capers is a guy that Jake Ryan has played for. Dom Capers is um, mostly known for that 3-4 defense. He kind of revolutionized the the defense in terms of setting up basic, like, either dime nickel packages that look like a basic 3-4 package. That, that, that was Capers' calling card. Now, he didn't have a lot of success in Green Bay, um, primarily the fact there's a lot of injuries on that linebacking squad. Uh, Clay Matthews, for a while, was the dude, but then... Due to injuries, he had to play middle linebacker, and once Clay played middle linebacker, I feel like the Packers kind of lost their way a little bit. So I'm looking at this roster right now, okay? And I did a little research on Yannick Ngakwe. He has played in the 3-4 in college. Now, from what I could gather, it was his sophomore and junior year. I'm not sure about his, his final year at Maryland. But he has played 3-4 before. And... <sighs> I'm I'm on the fence, but your butt hurt. So, so, no, so, so here's the thing. All right, I'm gonna come out. I'm gonna come out and say it. What do I say? What does a great coach do, Brent? Uh, uh, he he uh, um, acclimates to his players. Yeah, he, he strengths. He, he looks at the players that he has, and he acclimates the defense to that. Now, a good coach and a decent coach can take his scheme and make his players play that scheme. But a great coach, the Hall of Fame coach, the legendary coach, can look at what he has on that roster right now, and he can put it to the needs that they best suit. And from the needs that they best suit right now, I've said it before, Josh Allen's probably going to be playing linebacker. I, I wouldn't be surprised. That's what he played in college. He's used to having his hand off the ground. Now, keep in mind, this is a base defense. I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that the pass rush packages, not saying the nickel packages. I'm just coming from a 3-4 base defense right now. I could see Josh Allen playing that strong side linebacker. Well, it's not even a strong side. It's an outside linebacker spot. I could see Ngakwe playing the other side of the linebackers because that's the most important thing, Brent. When, when you're breaking down a 3-4 defense, if you have two stud outside linebackers, you have a good shot because a lot of teams don't even have that. You know, like you, you, you look at like what Denver does. Like, yes, Von Miller's um, great. They drafted Shane Ray a little while ago. I mean, Denver's starting to take those, those leaps and bounds too, but it's very rare where you have two legit bona fide outside linebackers at the 3-4 spot. I honestly think going off Josh Allen's numbers from what I've seen on film, I think the guy can come in right away at outside linebacker and do pretty well. Okay, so you put him and Ngakwe outside linebackers. 
That's the most important spot. Now, the middle linebackers, yeah, put Miles Jack there. He's put middle before. He can make all the calls. You can put Jake Ryan there, the other middle linebacker spot. I also think, and I'm not sure what Quincy Williams' body is like. I've never seen him in person, but I think Quincy Williams is a guy who's on the shorter side a little bit. Yep, he is. But um, I think he's a guy you can also maybe uh, – cultivate a middle linebacker as well because he's got the instinct to play it in that 3-4 defense. He comes downhill. He's not afraid of contact. He reminds me there's a guy by the name of Derek Johnson that played in the Kansas City Chiefs when yeah. I was there. Derek Johnson was not a big guy by any means. Okay, I mean, he wasn't really even an athletic freak or anything, but he was smart, he was savvy, and he was not afraid to come downhill. If you had those three things, that middle linebacker and a 3-4, you, you can play middle linebacker and a 3-4 and start and be successful in this league. couple things. Uh, one, I don't think they'll move Quincy Williams I think this guy's strictly a weak side linebacker. I so really then, do. But, but I'm saying in a 3-4 defense, but you think he's playing outside linebacker then? Do you think his yeah in terms of rush yeah do you, do, uh, do you think his pass well, rush is up point. to snuff that's yeah. a good point so then he, even he doesn't have to make the calls necessarily but he could play one of the two middle spots on a three four yeah uh, if you're going to change things around play a little bit of a hybrid at times mm-hmm. right which is that easy enough can you just do that can you play yeah, I mean, a uh, hybrid of it. And once again, like I'm saying, maybe 25 to 30 percent of the reps are going to be from this defense. Yeah, yeah. the rest is going to be nickel and dime. Yeah. So I've got the thing that jumps out at me is one. I want to go back to Jake Ryan a little bit. It's like, why yeah. did they go get him? And I guess the simple answer is maybe they don't like potential of a Leon Jacobs or anybody else that they had at the middle behind Miles Jack. So this builds some depth at Miles Jack, and, uh, and this wasn't an expensive contract for Jake Ryan. No. So that's a depth play. Coming off an injury. Is it strictly a depth play? Yeah, maybe it is. Maybe it's just a depth play. And, and that's fair enough. Book closes. The other question I have, well, the other thought I have is, forget about changing all this defense around for a second because I think you have to, Yannick Ngakwe might be able to do that, and he might thrive in that. But at the same time, he's got 29 sacks, I think it is, in mm-hmm. three years doing what he's done. Yeah. Why would you want to mess with that? And again, I know you're talking 25, 30% of the time, mm-hmm. but why mess with that? This guy's third in franchise history already in sacks, I think it is. And why mess with it? Because you, okay, cool. you could probably have two of the best outside linebackers in a 3-4 defense in the game. And it might be worth doing it. And that's so why you that do it. That might be the answer. The The last part of this is, if you consider move changing their defense a little bit at times, 25, 30%, again, we're talking move to a 3-4. Why are you doing it? Is it because of Josh Allen? Or is it now because of the departure of Telvin Smith? I think it's a little bit of both. Uh, mainly, I've been preaching this since Josh Allen came on board. You have Because uh, I think Josh Allen... But we didn't know about Telvin Smith no, at that no, time. No, no, we didn't. No, so in terms of Josh Allen, I think he's uh, he's a legit talent. Okay, I think the Jaguars got a steal at where they got him. I think he was the best pass rusher in the draft, hands down. Um, I think the Raiders felt differently. We'll see how that pans out because, you know, they got their guy from Clemson, I believe it was. But uh, from what I've seen, I think Josh Allen is by far the best pass rusher of the draft. And it's like I said, Brent, where if you put Josh Allen in the, in the base in a 4-3 defense, Sure, you you can blitz him on a first down, but more more than likely he's just going to be playing coverage. He's playing that that linebacker role. You're not going to be asking him to do a lot. But if you have Josh Allen and Ngakwe on both you know on both edges on both outside linebacker spots, now you can do a lot of things. You send one guy, you drop one guy back, and and, and teams. Like the beauty of a three-four is that it confuses the offensive line. If you got Calais Campbell, if you got Darius, if you got if you got, I mean, Miles Jack coming up the middle. I mean, there's so many weapons at your disposal on that defensive front that 
offensive corners going to be having nightmares if, if you can find some way to bring them all. And that's what the 3-4 defense does. One last thought on this. Could we see a potential standoff with Miles Jack and the team on this kind of topic? On, hey, I want to play Mike. Well, you're better suited here. And could we see that? And how much say should a player have? I'm going to ask the former player. And I also want to get back to this rabbit ears thought of mine. Or are, are players a little too sensitive because of social media now? That they almost have too much information. It's next on ESPN 690. Thanks for hanging with us on Action Sports Shacks on the radio. All right. There's been one time in five months of this show that I wanted your shirt. This might be a second. Okay. Well, what was the first time? First time was Fear the Deer. Oh, yeah. I like that shirt. Well, I was going to wear that one today, too, uh, because obviously the, the Bucks' big win last night. But I had to put on for my boy Ric Flair in the hospital. Um, there's multiple reports, some saying it's serious, some saying it's a routine procedure. Whatever the case is, I had to put on my shirt for my boy. So as you can see here, Brent, we got the limousine riding. Oh, yeah. Jet fly. Come on. Kiss stealing. What do you got? Wheel of deal. Yep. Son of a gun. That's what I'm talking about. That, th- that was a birthday gift. For my, for my wife. And uh, also, wait till you see the shirt that I, I'm wearing tomorrow that my wife just got me. That I can't believe she got me this shirt. But uh, spoiler alert for everybody. Is this going to make make uh, Met Gala Day look? Just going to say, I can't believe she got me this shirt. Can we? Is When was your birthday? Uh, November. Oh. Not, Are you going to be the first cool time you've tried uh, the shirt on? The, the, this one? No, tomorrow's. Oh, no, tomorrow she just got me because uh, she heard me talking about it on the show. Oh, okay. Are so you was a nice surprise. going to be cool with people potentially seeing this in person? I was going to say, us. because tomorrow we're going to the PGA Tour Superstore. <laughs> Is this going to oh, be even, okay? Oh, even better. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's not racist or anything. If that's what you're worried about. Well, what what are you saying? I mean, like, we're going out in public. I mean, am I going to be embarrassed? Uh... <laughs> We'll see. <laughs> I'm going to wear it. Yeah. Well, now I have to wear it, right? Well, I'll at least bring you a shirt just in case. Now I have to wear it. Kuz, you all right back there? Kuz, you want to play some music? Sorry, I don't know what just happened. What was that, was that Ram song? song? What was that? that I, I don't know. Right. Kuz, you have a big night on 95.1 WAPE last night? <laughs> Talked about cute animals, man. Cute animals. This is amazing the how heavy deep you guys get. The constant publicity that we give that show. I'm just waiting to get some reciprocated here. You guys have got the top show in Jacksonville. You need, you need any more press? You want me to tweet something out quick? I would much appreciate it. I just want you to know I'm a. I just want everybody in the company here to know I'm a team player. <laughs> that you I mean, are, we man. might be the bottom of the barrel here at this station right now, but we're gonna <laughs> climb out of it. And with maybe, your help someday. And maybe one day. Oh yeah, okay, whatever, Brent. I'm just gonna get the TV in here. So that's all I'm waiting for. Instead hey, I turned this one around. Having to walk Kuz is coming on right my laptop. You right can't now. tell, but Kuz turned the TV around. I can watch golf. Not that you care. Are you but kidding me? I can see <laughs> golf. Oh, He's coming up big. Oh, interesting. So that's why you're sitting over there. <laughs> I kind of have for okay. every show, but uh, nice job by Coos. That's what I wasn't sure if you could see it at that angle, but isn't it amazing? The... Like we really don't have a TV. We've been doing this show for Brent, months. I literally brought up. The, I brought the brackets. I brought the hardware. I had the TV. I have the streaming service ready to go, and we couldn't hang it up because heaven forbid we hurt the foam wall things, whatever you hey, want to call them. Those are expensive. Though. How much are they? I don't know what I didn't. I know. heard. That, I heard they're like. I heard uh, it was like seven hundred a, a a square. A, sh- a square is that? Is that it? I, th- I was going to say like that, 2000 yeah. but 
<laughs> you mean surprise. Never mind then. But here's the thing. I was say take out on my check, but I'm not paying that much. But here's the thing. They are they are did they important. Ever, did you ever give money back to the? <laughs> no. <laughs> did I? Did I uh, email my? Uh, I guess the account manager let them know that I got paid an extra couple uh, couple G's. No, I didn't because that's not my job. I told Mick, my boss, what happened, and that's all I'm going to do. They can take care of it. It's not my job to go to the account manager and be like, oh, I got paid like three uh, three months worth here by in one month. Um, Can you do something about it? No, that's not my job. I reported it, and I'm done. All right. I like it. Hey, by the way, come out to the PGA Tour Superstore tomorrow, St. John's Town Center, and – Here's the deal. We're going to go on the simulator. We're doing the show from there, 3 to 6. Yes. So come on out, say hello. It's like, uh, by the way, whether we're doing it out there or not, mm-hmm. it's like my favorite store in Jacksonville because <laughs> I love the golf stuff. Nice. Um, but uh, come on out. We're going to be near the simulators and closest to the pin. If you beat us, then you win a prize pack, including uh, a nice little gift card. I think it is from PGA Tour Superstore yeah. and a little ESPN prize pack. But uh, make sure you come out, stop in, say hello. Three to six tomorrow, we will be there. And uh, on a PGA Championship weekend, make sure to stop in PGA Tour Superstore uh, and ESPN 690 will be there in the town center. Absolutely. By all means, please come say hi to us. You guys aren't going to win anything because the way I've been golfing lately, (laughs) um, and by lately I mean the one time I – Swung a golf club at the at the players during that little uh, pond yeah. thing they had. Um, you guys better make it in the hole, or else you're not getting any merchandise. Guys, so step step your games up, everybody. Absolutely. Um, so, and you might want to double check and double think uh, if you want to wear that shirt tomorrow. Uh, you know, the, the more the more I'm pondering it, the more I'm going to wear it, Brent. All right, I like yeah. it. I mean, do you want me to wear the ESPN 690 polo? Is that what you're getting at? No, nah, I mean, okay. bring it just in case. Wait, time out though. Is, is the cutout going to be there? Nah, not yet. Because oh, then I was going to wear the polo shirt. Can we tell the people with the cutout or not? I'm uh, sure. We, we, I just spoiled it, didn't I? Well, we, we're hoping to get a life-size cutout of yeah. us. Yes. In the shop. And by the way, I'm just going to put that everywhere. In the shop. <laughs> I'm just going to again, I'm going to put it at, at like my front door. You'll put it at like the, the, put it on JTB somewhere, <laughs> just on the side of the, <laughs> side of the highway. Yeah, I'm just going to put long. it in the, in the family living room when I go out to the beach bars. Be like, all right, I'm going out to hang up with my friends, but here's uh, here's the cardboard cutout, Austin Lane. You guys have fun. We're excited yeah. about the cardboard cutout if we get it. Uh, we're working on it. Okay. Uh, all right. Uh, one one final thought on this stuff with Miles Jack, uh, and maybe we revisit it. Who knows? 904-362-9901 is the number if you want to jump in on anything. Uh, but is there going to be a standoff? Could there be a standoff? Have you, In your experience, have you seen – Moves from players that got a little sticky. Like, I don't want to do that. Now, we've seen plenty from, of moves. Yeah. So, like, yeah, think about yeah. it. Even Taven Bryan was asked to play a position he, he really didn't normally play. And guys move around. And uh, we've seen the, you know, the whole Le'Veon Bell thing last year was really built on the fact that Bell wanted to get paid as a receiver and a running back. Now, that mm-hmm. didn't have to do as much with – that was more agent-driven, I believe. But there was some – hesitation there and i think that's where the strife came from is i want to be paid this much because i feel like i'm doing both things in this offense and the steelers said no so it's not that was more contractual not necessarily a positional move but could we see that miles jack digs his heels in here and says i'm not moving i mean i've committed to this you guys have committed to me and i'm good right here i i think we're better off if i stay here uh who wins a fight like that so not really a fight. But yeah, it's not really a, a little skirmish. I put my money on Miles if it was an actual fight. I put my money uh, <laughs> on Miles against anybody that he faces, really. Maybe except me. But, um, 
see the, the situations that I've seen this in person. The biggest one when you mentioned that, I was I was thinking back in my Rolodex of the players that I've been in contact with and the teams that I played on. And the one that stands out to me more than anybody because it was such a, a big move and he was such like a, a high name player at the time. Remember a guy by the name of Shane McClellan? Yeah. He, he was a first-round pick out of Boise State. Yeah. yeah, so what ended up happening with Shea was he was brought in as an outside linebacker to the Bears, if I'm not mistaken. And they changed the scheme around. And by the way, me and Shea were really good friends in Chicago. We used to call him Shea Butter, by the way. But um, Shea Butter uh, was an outside linebacker, and they moved him inside. And Shea, being the guy that he was, didn't fight it. He was like, oh, okay, you know, I mean, I'll, I'll, do wherever, I'll go wherever they put me. And... I knew it. He knew it. The whole team knew like he was out of position. Like he, he shouldn't have been where they asked him to go. But you know, being the team player that he was, he opted to do that. And what ended up happening? Well, he got released a little. Oh, actually, I think he got traded to New England then. And uh, I'm not sure if he's even still in the league or not. But uh, literally, and I don't say the downfall of his career because the guy had a great career. But I, I think um, what shortened his career was that move by the Chicago Bears to move him yeah. from, from kind of out of position. So. Listen, uh, from a standpoint of like how much of a team player Miles Jack is, I, I have no idea. You know, I mean, I, he's a team player in the fact that he shows up to everything and you don't have any problems with him, it seems like, on the field. But uh, talk doing the interview with him where he's been adamant about, I'm playing middle linebacker, I'm playing middle linebacker. You know, um, I don't know, because this isn't like a Shea situation where if Miles Jack goes to weak side, I don't think he's out of position. You know, I, I, I think it favors him. Um it's it's just hard, Brent. Like I mean, I don't I don't I don't know the guy personally like that to, to comment on what Miles Jack would do if he would um, fight with the organization or not. I think if he looks at that defense and he sees all the talent around it, I think he would welcome it. I think he would be encouraging to changing positions. But once again, I don't really know the guy. If I'm the coaching staff or uh, and I say, hey, we really want you to move out there. And by the way, I'm going to sell you this, Telvin Smith has had over a hundred tackles the last five years in that role. Mm-hmm. He's got four career touchdowns he's got nine turnovers i think nine interceptions maybe it is it's a big play spot isn't it could you could you argue it's a bigger play spot than middle linebacker where do more big plays come from it's a great point well and that's what know, guys want to do guys want to make yeah. plays well i mean see like you, you look at outliers like luke keekley where it seems like the guys are going to yeah. play every single every single rep yeah. you know but i think you're right brent i think from a position where you have more areas of the field uh I, i'm sorry I, well, let's play in the headphones i can't even focus this what is, is your this? bed music oh okay music. cool Oh, why is it distracted? Playing? Because well, we're about to go to break. Oh, okay, my bad. We do this every day. Okay, my bad. Well, I <laughs> so I don't even know where I'm at right now. But no, so I think with Miles Jack, if he was to play weak side linebacker, yes, there's more space to move around, kind of cause havoc, get more interceptions, cause more fumbles. So I think it is more spot to get more stats with. What is? Whatever. Are you all right? No, I'm I mean, not. Because it sounds like salt and pepper, but it's it not salt and pepper. It's another knockoff. And then that's all I could think about. It's some cheesy <laughs> salt and pepper push it cover, and that's all I could think about. Talk a little Gator football with Will Salmon from the Athletic next. Hey, welcome back. Four o'clock on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN six ninety. Brent Martino. Austin Lane. Coos is here. TV turnaround, so I can watch a little PGA Championship. And uh, new bed music, which has obviously thrown Austin Lane off his game. And uh, the Magic Whiteboard says, cheesy-ass bed music is my kryptonite. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just just don't do it. How does that sound? 
Just go back to the way it was, I guess. We're swearing on the magic whiteboard now. Well, I'm that uh, I'm that upset, Brent. Uh, it sounds like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, you know, people are upset maybe in Gainesville a little bit. I don't know about upset. That's probably not the word. I think a little bit uh, curious what's happening in Gainesville. Uh, a string of not-so-great news, I think you could call it. And... Uh, Nobody better to bring in on the topic right now than Will Salmon from The Athletic. He covers the Florida Gators day in, day out, and uh, has had some really good stuff on The Athletic, including a a recent interview with Athletic Director Scott Strickland, and most recently over in Tampa, where Dan Mullen was on a spring tour and and, uh, gave the media some time. So, hey, Will, what's happening, man? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. Good to be speaking with you guys from... uh Sunny, sunny Orlando this time, where Dan Mullen is uh, on his second of a back-to-back night on his speaking tour. He's going to get tired of you, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it's either I'm going to get tired of him or he's going to get tired of me. Probably a mixture of the both. That's right. Uh, uh, what was last night like in Tampa, considering, you know, obviously these things are kind of uh, – uh, you know, fan-related events that they're going to, the coaches are. Manny Diaz was here in Jacksonville yesterday. Obviously, Mullen makes a start, stop in Jacksonville. But it's also the first time in, in since the spring game, I'm assuming, you guys have been able to uh, catch up with Dan Mullen, and there's been a lot on the plate since then. Give us a little sense of the atmosphere yesterday when you guys were talking to Dan Mullen. Right, and you guys know that when coaches do these type of deals, it's, it's for the fans, the boosters, people you know, who who want to follow the program and kind of just to show face, keep people updated during the summer and whatnot as a way to bridge the gap between the spring game and, and training camp, really, uh, before we hit a lull into media days. But this obviously was different. Everybody knew that going into it because, like you mentioned, it was the first time he spoke since the spring game. And there's so much that has happened, and none of it really good for the Gators. So a lot of it was troubling. A lot of it was pretty concerning because it involved some heavy allegations and some heavy concerns, and he had to address them. And so, you know, usually you have a deal where the coach talks to some local reporters and whatnot before these events. This one was was dominated, of course, by the -the off-the-field stuff and the allegations involving players and even one staffer. And so he addressed it. All I mean, he took all the questions, he answered them, didn't really shed a whole new, a whole lot of um, new information. He remained, or he chose to remain pretty um, close to the vest as far as details go concerning, especially Chris Steele, who is now uh, committed to Oregon, uh, transferred what last week at this point. So yeah, we didn't get a whole lot of new information, but as far as painting a scene for you, that's pretty much what it was. I mean, he took the questions. He didn't really provide a whole lot of information, not a whole lot of specifics. Um, he did confirm some things here and there. For example, him and his wife did go to California, as some reports suggested, um, to see Chris Steele before he entered the transfer portal. So that did happen. Um, so that gives you a little bit of um, an idea of how things went down as far as his decision and his move to transfer, but a lot of it was still still pretty much a mystery as far as I'm concerned, as far as the timeline goes, especially. Yeah, Will Salmon with us from The Athletic talking about the Florida Gators and uh, Dan Mullen specifically, who's been uh, at least, I don't want to say under fire. I, I think we, we can dramatize the offseason stuff a little bit too much, but it, it certainly has not been a great few weeks. And really, you bring up the steel conversation. The reports initially were he wanted to – not roommate would be the roommate with Jalen Jones and asked out and they didn't do that. And so he got mad and now he's gone. 
Um, and so that's kind of what everybody was talking about. Really questioned Mullen on that. Hey, you tell people I'm going to take care of your kid like he's my kid. And then this kind of situation comes up. What I want to ask you about is because he kept a lot of the pri- the conversations private when it comes to the steel stuff. But going into the conversation with Mullen yesterday, uh, what was maybe your view on the steel situation and, and why he's no longer at Florida? And did it change at all with the idea that Dan Mullen did confirm that, hey, we even tried to go out there and visit with his family and and do things like that? Did that put Mullen in more of a positive light when it comes to the Chris Steele situation at all in your mind? That's a great question. I'm not sure if, like, the way that I viewed it changed that much from, like, my standpoint just because, like – I have a strong hunch that, like, a lot of the information isn't all out there yet. Um, and that's not to make light of what happened in the police reports or anything of, of that at all. Those things that are charged are, are horrible things, of course. But um, I think it's worth mentioning that or pointing out that a whole lot of the information or whole, some pieces of the story are not completely there as far as, like, a play-by-play of exactly what went down, who said what who reported what to whom, and what were the necessary steps taken. Um, Dan Mullen did say that they followed protocol in handling Jalen Jones' Jones's situation. We don't really know what that protocol is, and a lot of that's because Florida can't really go into those specifics because of legalities. There may be a Title IX issue. Usually that's the case when the word protocol is out there uh, just on experience. And so that's not something that Florida is going to comment on and give really a, a sort of um, detail and uh, list of descriptions of what went down item by item. But you mentioned the, the roommate deal. Um, you know, I think that's probably part of it that he that the the kid probably had some sort of issue with Jalen Jones, um, and there there was some there were some requests. That much I do know. I have some conflicting info on on when and where and who said what to whom. And so that's been, some people say one thing, some people say the other. So it's hard to pinpoint without exact evidence. I will say, though, that the date that's important, in my estimation, is May 2nd, which is when the police reports became public. And that's when Chris Steele's name was brought up in those reports, despite no criminal wrongdoing. And if I'm his parents... I believe they have every right to be upset, disappointed, and um, really angry about the fact that his name is brought up in those reports. And according to the Gainesville Sun, which I was able to confirm, that was the first time Chris Steele's parents even knew about it, was reading their kid's name in the police report, a police report in which there was no alleged wrongdoing on his part. But you know how that works. You know, Fans, rivals, whoever, they're going to take that run with it make something that it's not in terms of what it means for Chris Steele. And so the roommate thing aside, I would go as far as to say that even the fact that his name was brought up, it was a, it was an awful situation to be associated with. I can understand somebody wanting to leave, wanting to transfer solely because of that. Yeah, and uh, I know I'm not an expert on this stuff, but I would assume normally a name like that, if no wrongdoing, would have been redacted, at least in the report that was made public. I mean, that's what, what normally would be the case, I think. Um, from those kind of situations. Will Salmon from The Athletic with us. Uh, while we're on the Jalen Jones uh, topic, you guys also, while in Tampa yesterday talking to Dan Mullen, asked about Mullen and 
his feelings toward players with alleged violence against women. And I'll read the quote that you have in The Athletic today. It sa- he says, I'd like to say that's my belief um, from a zero-tolerance policy. Quote, I'd be hypocritical, though, if you look at my history to say that is a 100% deal. And he's facing some more criticism uh, today and, and yesterday after this came out because he brings up Jeffrey Simmons as a case that has worked out because he's now in the NFL and, and hasn't had anything recent um, with with women. What was your take on his response on that? Obviously a very sensitive issue. I thought he was pretty honest and, hey, if you look at my history, it's not a 100% deal. But what about the Jeffrey Simmons part of that that's really being uh, scrutinized today? Yeah, I'm with you. He was candid and he was honest. Whether I agree with him or whether you agree with him or whoever is listening agrees is beside the fact that he was asked the question and he gave his answer. And if you were to have said, hey, I have a zero policy, my hand would have been raised and I would have been like, Dan, man, a couple of years ago, you just had, you had Jeffrey Simmons on this roster at Mississippi State uh, right after that video surfaced. So that is that would be hypocritical. And so he can't say that, and he knows that. Um, and that's why he said what he said last night. Uh, now, as far as his handling of the Jeffrey Simmons situation, I mean, I, personally speaking, I, w- I would have a hard time having that guy on my, on my team. Not, I shouldn't say that guy, any guy on my team after that. Um, not a personal issue with Jeffrey Simmons at all. Just that, personally speaking, I'm not somebody who would say, okay, you're, you're back on the squad, let's go. I'd have, I'd have a hard time doing that personally. Uh, people don't really probably care about my personal take on it, but um, for what it's worth, it's worth bringing up just to say that for Dan Mullen, on the other hand, context is paramount where he's trying to do what's best for, by the kid in his estimation for the program, probably for himself to an extent um, and trying to find out all the information possible. And so a lot of these times, even um, hate to bring up something totally different, but like an allegation against say like player X, for example, maybe that player he didn't happen to commit whatever he was charged with. Maybe that that was the report that he was charged, but he was found innocent of whatever it was. A lot of times in the media, unfortunately, that aspect, the fact that he is no longer, he, he's not guilty, sometimes that doesn't come up. You know, sometimes it was just, hey, he was charged, he was arrested, that's it, end of the story. A lot of times the story doesn't quite end there. And so from Dan Mullen's perspective, the point that he was trying to make, I think, was, hey, I want to get all the information possible do my own due diligence, and then make a decision. Hey, what's up, Will? It's Austin Lander. How you doing, man? Hey, Austin. Good to talk with you, man. Good to talk to you, too. I promise I don't have any offensive lineman questions for you today, thankfully, so <laughs> it's all good. But Brad, actually, disappointment, man. I, when, I, when I agreed to this, I, I was expecting Offensive more. line questions, I know, right? Because it's so uh, it's so exciting. But <laughs> check in with, like, uh, Monday Night Raw or something yeah, like that. there we go. Want. There we go. But, uh, you know, on, on a little more of a serious note, you kind of mentioned guys getting alleged um, for certain things, and maybe they didn't do it or not. But, I mean, state your case here with – LaMichael Le- Pirine here who just allegedly um, is facing a battery charge over a tow truck incident where he grabbed a driver's arm and listen I-, I read the report and it doesn't sound that serious but anytime you put the word battery into the case I mean it doesn't make Florida look good doesn't make the player look good so what are you hearing with that right now I know that the story came out a couple hours ago but what it- what is kind of like the latest on that going on yeah right now it, it doesn't appear that it's 
that serious or, or as serious as like you just alluded to it, that it has the potential to be. I'm not sure we're there quite yet based, based on what I've heard so far, but there's yet to be made like an official decision on that. So it, it remains to be seen like what's going to come out of that. Um, the, I believe it was the DA said, uh, I think he called it BS. So that's worth pointing out too. In that Gainesville report, uh, Gainesville Sun report, excuse me, um, that you did have him say that it was BS. And a lot of times things like this, um, I don't want to call it petty, but somewhat small issues become larger, uh, because it's a football player involved. That's probably the, the, the Florida side of things, but it did come from, um, the, the person in charge of, seeing if it's going to uh, see the light of day as far as um, him being charged with anything. So we'll, it, we'll see what comes out of it at this point. It's too early to say what's going to happen on that one. But you're right. Anytime it gets brought up, especially in, in this context and with sort of like this dark cloud that's been hovering, up, hovering over Florida and refuses to go away the past few weeks, it's, it's going to be magnified and it, it's going to be bigger than, than it is every single time. Well, I want to get back on Dan Mullen for a second here. So, you know, this question didn't really even pop into my head until I saw Kirby Smart speak out about it, where Kirby Smart uh, was interviewed saying he's going to refuse to engage in the war of words words with Dan Mullen uh, because one could say Dan Mullen was kind of trolling the University of Georgia a little bit, putting up the score of like the last time they won a national championship. And Kirby Smart said it's better just to go out there and, and play football as opposed to talking because talking doesn't win games. So my question to you is like, you know, Dan Mullen's been kind of, you know, he's been kind of famous so far for doing this at spring games and kind of trolling other teams and whatnot. What is the reaction from not only the players, but also the fan base? I mean, are are they all for it? Are they kind of like, you know, maybe a little uneasy about it? Maybe, you know, Dan should probably calm down a little bit. What are the the thoughts of the players and I guess just the Gator Nation, if you will? Yeah, we haven't really been able to talk too much to the players recently about it. And um, it's, it's right now it's been like the last like month or so where we saw like the four, the 14,000 hashtag on Twitter uh, for the amount of days for Georgia not to have the national championship. Um, and the, the spring game situation where, you know, I'm not really even convinced that the attendance was <laughs> what like Gator Reddit said it was, where it was like the amount of days and years. Um, I'm not quite sure on that. Uh, but regardless, I think the fan base at first sort of like – eats it up because you're kind of needling the rival and it's kind of fun in games, but that stuff could backfire you backfire right on you in a hurry. Like we just saw really. And when it does, it kind of is a little bit embarrassing to it, to a degree, you know, you have some fans where it's like you read like the message boards and just on Twitter and they're like, man, we got to stop talking. Let's just stop talking right now and let's just play and, and be quiet because this isn't working out for us. You know, <laughs> well, and it's kind yeah. of fun to read that, but I, I, I have the empathy for it, man. I relate to it just because I think we're all fans of something. And when it kind of looks bad on you, it's kind of fun to be the kneeler at times and, and to, to get a, to get a rise out of people. But, man, that, that stuff, you better back it up. And when you can't, it, it doesn't look too good. It's not a good reflection. Yeah, and, of course, and you know, I was interested to hear the player's perspective. You haven't got that perspective yet. But, I mean, you know, from being a former player, like, I just feel like it's put more pressure on that team because now, you know, you're, you're, you're playing against opponents who have bulletin board material. You know, you're, you're playing against opponents that have a little extra motivation. So um, I'm, I'm curious to see going forward just what exactly the players think about that. Yeah, that's a great point. That's a really good point. I'm glad you mentioned that. I'm going to keep that in mind, too, because on the flip side of that, it's like you could also, I, I guess, make the argument that some guys play with a little bit of swagger to them. Um, 
I mean, I would be the one that would be like, man, now I got to back this up. But, <laughs> exactly. You know, like, come on, man, you're putting so much pressure on me now. Um, I'd be on that side of things, but I could see also the other side where it's like, all right, well, uh, some some um, some added bravado, if you will, to the game, and, and I can see that working out in some guys' favor. I think it kind of depends on the personality involved and point. the pulse of your team, and I think that ultimately is the decision on the head coach. Now, do you have a team that's going to um, build off of this, or or is this not their personality? Yeah, he he has a swagger to him. I mean, Dan Mullen has the swagger. It's got him to this point. So, I mean, you, you got to be who you are. But at the same time, it does feel like a lot of people right now are like, Dan, just stop talking. <laughs> yeah. Just stop talking. Of course, he's on this whole spring tour thing, uh, which is happening right now. All right, two more. I won't keep you out. We've already kept you a long time, but appreciate all the thoughts. There's a lot to get to in Gainesville. One thing about Mullen, and I do want to ask you about Strickland because you sat down with him recently. And uh, they they seem like they had all this momentum. Going all coming out of the year, and they did. I mean, that wasn't just a seem; they did. They, they they far exceeded anybody's expectations. How much is all this stuff squash the momentum, or how much do you chalk it up as maybe a little over dramatized off season chatter because we don't have much else to talk about? Combination of both. But the one thing that I will mention that they have to fix right now is the recruiting situation, because in the backdrop of all of this stuff is a recruiting cycle that a lot of people are criticizing because you had a kid like a DeMarcus Bum from Lakeland's Pipeline School, big-time running back, arguably the best one in the country, goes to Clemson or commits to, commits to Clemson right now. And that that's not a great look for Florida, and that's not a great look for a Florida squad that, you know, I, I, it's 2021 where the decommitments happens recently, so it's you know take that for what you will, and it's worth pointing out that nobody from the 2020 class decommitted unless they did in the past few minutes that we've been chatting. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, you know, it, that's really the concern that I think they need to flip around as far as momentum goes because, the you know, in college football we see this year in, year out, and during the summer, the attention, the, the, the bad drama, if you will, it tends to dissipate once you start winning, say, September, or in this case of Florida, late August with the Miami game. Um, and I think some uh, there's going to be a time where a lot of the, the attention will focus on that season opener against Miami. And once you start to win games, if you start to win games, all that attention, sad to say, but it goes in the rear mirror, rear view mirror. That's just the reality of it. We see it every year. Yeah, absolutely right. Uh, and lastly, uh, Scott Strickland, you sat down with him and you can read about uh, Will Salmon's uh, interview with Scott Strickland at, at The Athletic, um, athletic.com. Uh, but what were your thoughts from Strickland? And you asked him a bunch about the, the new home-and-home home series with Colorado and Texas, and I think that's good for Strickland to put his name on those things. I know Colorado wasn't like, oh, my goodness, but I thought the Texas one definitely accomplished what they wanted to accomplish, even if it is you know, in, in, a, in a time period where I'm not sure I'm going to even be alive in 2030. But uh, – what was your overall take from your conversation with Strickland on the facilities, on the scheduling, and anything else you might have learned? And it's only, what, 10 years, man. I hope you're alive. Yeah, me too. But you never know. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> it's not that far out there. <laughs> but no, um, it, it was good. Uh, just to go off, just to put a bow on the, the Chris Steele and Jalen Jones situation, the only thing the only thing newsworthy from the questions I asked him out of that was that he said the reports were a bit incomplete the original reports that were coming out, and that was the first time really that anybody from Florida suggested that. So I thought that was worth mentioning as far as the, the Q&A goes. And as far as the scheduling 
deal. It's a big deal for for, for Florida. You know, 1991 was the last time when they went to when they went to Syracuse that they played somebody um, a true non-Florida out of conference team, true road game, non-neutral site. That's not a school from Florida out of the conference. And it was 1991 against Syracuse. So yeah, it's been a while. Uh, that's close to when I was born. So um, yeah, it's been, it's been a long time. And they had to sort of fix that for a couple of reasons. One, I think the, the fan attendance suggests that people want better matchups. They're not chomping at the bit, uh, pardon the pun, for a game against Charleston <laughs> Southern, for example, which we saw last year. Um, but the other side of it is you have to have a good resume for the college football playoff th- these days, too. And part of that resume includes having a strong schedule. Obviously, you have to win those games, but you have to also play people, too. Uh, well, a little follow-up question. So, you know, obviously, Texas and Colorado are kind of the, the big draws with the schedule, but also UC, uh, I'm sorry, USF is also on the schedule. Um, you know, from a perspective of, of the Florida Gators, I mean, is that kind of a big game? Because, number one, it's in-state. Number two, you're playing at Raymond James Stadium, and you're, you're going against, uh, you know, Charlie Strong, who's a pretty well-known guy. So from that perspective, I mean, is that kind of a big game as well? I think so. I would look at it for USF and say, like, it's a big well, deal yeah, just because, yeah. like, you know, you could um, you could sell that on recruits, say, like, hey, you know, we're playing. We're playing the big boys here. Um, you know, we're, we're playing tough teams. We're playing the the team in the SEC in the state. So uh, for, for USF, I, I would argue that is a big deal. And for, for USF, they have a lot more – I mean, like, Florida has a lot more to lose in that game than a USF does. I mean, USF, you could pull for the upset. It'd be a big deal for the win. Florida, if you lose that game, that's that's – well, geez, that's that's not good. So, you know, that, that there's more there's more to lose there. But that's that's kind of the argument of people will make is like why you know people from Florida even will say like you know, maybe there's not that much of an incentive to leave the state because you can play a USF instead of a Colorado, you can play a UCF instead of a Colorado. So, you know, you can make the argument either way. It comes down to you know Florida wanted to play more Power Five opponents as well with the Colorado deal. And they, they needed to pad their schedule um, in the future because that seems to be what the the future of college football is. But the in-state games, man, it, it's good for it's good for the fans. It's good for attendance, in my opinion. Yeah, in defense of the Colorado ones, so it's a place they've never been, I don't think before. So that's always fun for for fans to go to a place like that. And I loved, uh, I think, in your article, you, you said <laughs> we tried with UCF because the UCF thing got back on the table, <laughs> and he said we tried. So they're trying to get the last word in there, and there's always been that conversation back and forth, whether it's a two for one or or uh, just a home and home with UCF. But hopefully, we see UCF in Florida sometime down the road. Uh, figure it out. All right. Well, I hope you didn't have, like, uh, something to go to because we kept you for a while. But thanks for jumping in, man. Hey, I always enjoy talking to you guys. It's always good, man. Thanks for having me on. All right. Well, read your stuff and uh, have a good time in Orlando tonight. Avoid the traffic as much as possible. I appreciate it, guys. Right. Thank you. Thanks, See Will. Will Salmon from The Athletic. Good stuff uh, all the time from him on the Florida Gators and a lot to get into on the Gators. I mean, that that just proves how busy of a time it's been these last few weeks. Well, uh, and they've got a – they have lost momentum because of it. And, and Will brought it up, the recruiting trail. It's too early to tell. You don't get uh, – again, I do think there is an over-dramatization of this time of year in football, whether we're talking the NFL, college, or anything. Mm-hmm. But I do think uh, – 
you don't want too much of this kind of talk. Well, especially like if one bad thing happens, it seems to be snowballing. It you does. know, and then the last thing you want to do, I mean, like we've talked about with Piran, man, I mean, we don't know what's going to happen with yeah, him. I it think it's a so minor silly, thing. But, but you know what? But, at the end of the day, Brent, it's in the news and we're talking about it. So it doesn't make your program look good regardless of what happens. Yeah. But that's just the world we live in. But I mean, if, if it keeps snowballing and maybe something else comes out, it's just, it's not a good look for Dan Maughan and the Florida Gators and, right now. And you're right about it. I mean, the snowball got bigger and bigger, even with a silly thing of Piran, which kind of, again, we, and now we really, I say silly because everything's relative. At least, it's like, well, at least it wasn't a domestic situation. No, you know, but, it's like, okay, it's good. Well, they that, passed that test, but that's, that's, how we, that's how we grade things now. Yeah. I mean, it's nuts, but yeah. uh, it'll it'll be interesting to see what Florida does and if they can grab some momentum back in the offseason. College football does. There is a momentum part of it, especially because recruiting kind of never ends mm-hmm. and you're always in the spotlight when you're a big-time school. So see if they can grab a little bit of the momentum uh, back. Hey, Speaking of momentum, Brooks Kepka has it. This guy's unbelievable in major championships. Talk a little PGA championship, and we will talk some more football coming up as well. I'm not distracted, Coos, by this bed music. I'm just going to throw it a break like normal, like it's been here for months, even though you picked some new ones out today. What is this one called? Food court. <laughs> hey, appropriate. You just picked up your phone. Yeah. Chipotle. There you go. Hey, could you add a little extra cheese next time? Good Lord. Look at that. Not a good way to get an endorsement there. No, sorry. Don't crush him. <laughs> Stay with us on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Coos, kill this one from the system. It's terrible. Another college football note. We're going to get back to football in just a little bit, uh, including the Patrick Peterson suspension. How about that? Uh, but another football note, Florida State Boise. August 31st here in Jacksonville will be at 7 o'clock on ESPN. They announced that today. Uh, So uh, be ready for that. Put it on your calendars. Florida, Miami in Orlando on the 24th. And then Florida State and Boise State right here in Jacksonville on uh, the next Saturday, which is uh, August 31st. And that will be at 7 o'clock. What you got on the magic whiteboard right now? All right. I'm um, going to quiz you here see if you get this. First, first read it for the people, and then can you tell me what it's from? The Russian Five documentary, question mark. Yes, please. Who are the Russian Five? Kuz, uh, feel free to hop in. I'm sure you don't know what's Kuz? in. I'm looking for he's, like he's a there. lifeline. He's, he's watching some kind of, I don't know, something weird. Probably trying to figure out bed music. Yeah, it's I'm not getting bed music five. stuff. Who are the Russian Five? It's, it's sports related, if that helps you out in any that, that should really narrow the... NHL? <laughs> yeah, good call. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously. Yeah, we, so the, yeah, we got Derek from Southampton, former hockey player on. He might know the answer right now. Yeah, so the Russian five... So that it's, well, let uh, him know. Let's see if he can do it. Derek, oh, okay. what's oh, up, Derek, man? Okay. We're not even saying hello, Derek. You know the answer. What's the Russian five? <laughs> the, the only guess I had was hockey-related. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> but, but maybe Fedorov is in there somewhere. Oh, that's one of them. Fedorov. Do you have any more? Uh, Kovalev? Two. Uh, we're not, uh, we're not technically not, not cold level for the Russian five. Sorry. No, can't give it to you. Okay. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. Uh, Igor. Uh, Igor. I know, I know you're going to say him. I know Larry you're going to say him. Larry maybe. No. So, so the, so the, the famous, the Russian five were all players for, for, for the wings. Um, that Eiserman. brought over. Uh, Eiserman was not Russian. Nope. Oh. What is Eiserman? <laughs> he's Canadian. Yeah. Is he Canadian? Yeah. Is he really? Yep. yep he's Canadian. 
So, uh, yeah, so they call them the Russian Five. There's a documentary coming out to theaters uh, that's going to highlight them because the Red Wings were the first ones to kind of go over to Russia and literally just kind of poach the Russian players over, much to the spies of the Russian government. So it's kind of a big story. I get it. I get wow. it. Wow. That, that sounds neat. Yeah. Thanks for bringing that up. You're welcome. Out of the blue. Well, it's for my whiteboard, dude. <laughs> I know. Whiteboard yeah. is out of the blue. <laughs> yeah, it always is. Uh, with a little white mixed in. Uh, hey, what's up, Derek? The Stefano, owner of the golf club at Southampton. How you doing, man? I'm fantastic. Just enjoying another fine day in Northeast Florida. Hey, Great I, day for golf, that's for sure. Oh, it sure is. But these your golf course is too full. I can't find a tee time <laughs> at times. I mean, what the heck? <laughs> yeah, you know, some of these days we do have that problem. That's a good. It has been an unbelievable weather a couple of weeks, so I'm sure the golf courses are pretty uh, packed, which is a great thing as well. PGA Championship going on. Uh, Brooks Kepka running away with it. Did you catch any of that round? That was a thing of beauty. You know, all I caught was the scoreboard today because I was searching for uh, our local Julian Surrey in there. He was like two over, I think, today, but uh, he's still in with the pack for, you know, Kepka obviously ran away with it, but uh, at least today. Yeah, Jul- so I think he comes back to the field tomorrow. Julian now grew up playing at Southampton, right? Yep, he 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 lived there and played there. Yep. Yeah, does he come around or he's just too much on the road? What was the last time you no, saw him? No, he was uh he was actually in last week. Uh he came back from overseas, did some work with Dan Carraher, our, our our golf academy uh teacher and his personal teacher and Dan's up there actually with him this week, but uh Came around. I didn't have a chance to talk with him that much last week. I didn't want to interrupt their lesson. But uh, a couple weeks ago, he was in for lunch and had an opportunity to catch up with him, his dad, and his brother, Devin. And it, they're just some fantastic people. That's good stuff. Uh, we, we'll keep our eye on Julian Surrey playing the PGA Championship, Beth Page Black. Uh, you're a New York guy. You ever, with all the golf that you played, uh, ever get to Beth Page? Willie did, my brother. Okay. So he uh, he had an opportunity to play a tournament there, but I have not. No. Yeah, I gotta go, man. I want to do the whole thing. I want to sleep in the the RV or the car <laughs> and spend three four days. It, you would. You have a thing for the RV. I, yeah, I hear. I, yeah, I do. <laughs> I do. I'm going to get. I'm going to get an RV at some point in my life. I don't know how long I'll have it, but I will have an RV at some point. And uh, I'm taking it to Beth Page Black. I'm uh-huh. taking it to the Keys, and I might even take it out west somewhere. Go see some ballparks. Well, at least take Can it I come to with the 500 one year. In the 500, you're right. And, by the way, Florida, Georgia, Georgia, Florida week as well, RV City. So uh, That's right. working on all those. I've got some – those my bucket list of RV trips. Jeez, man, you got it all set up ready. <laughs> I do. Uh, hey, do, the, the PGA Championship going on – see, I don't know if most people are like me, which would be a bad thing if they were, but I get – especially major time when people get excited about golf, I'm like, okay, I want to go play. Now – in fairness, a lot of that coincides with when I can go and play my my slower season, if you will. Um, but do you see that? Do you see like maybe like Monday after a great finish at the the Masters or a great finish at the PGA Championship? It's almost like, hey, I got to get out there now. I want to go play. I can't wait. I've got the itch, and I'm tired of watching it. Now I want to go do it. Do you, you guys <laughs> sense that? We we see it a little bit, and and I've heard that before. When people uh, when the Masters used to come around, and the players were still in May, and for some reason around here you'd hear it where you think golf is year round, but they, the people would refer to it as the start of their golf season. And I just scratch my head, yeah. well, we're here twelve months. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it would get them fired up and doing it. And you know, being from New York, that was the start of golf season for us if we could play. And you were itching if you couldn't get out there because it was still rainy and cold. But uh, we do see a little bit of it. And I'll tell you, last week without having players, it was kind of weird. 
I bet it, it was. was. Definitely weird. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hey, the Action Sports Jacks Dream 18 uh, will be this year at the Golf Club at Southampton's coming up on September 16th. Can't wait for that. And by the way, I may even push this out today. Just finished up a new logo for the Dream 18 and uh, 10th year anniversary. So excited about that. Been working on it for the last week. I haven't really been working on it. I've been looking at somebody else who's been working on it. But uh, we're going to push it out probably today or tomorrow. Uh, so we'll have a lot more information coming up on the Action Sports Jacks Dream 18, how you can participate be a part of it and uh charity event that we've had in town now for 10 years and try to give back to the community and thanks to derek and, and the golf club at southampton for helping us out and by the way you guys had a special event yesterday give me a a little bit more about what you guys did right. did yesterday for the local community so yesterday was just it really was special um you know it, our, our, a local girl uh was injured uh earlier this year and uh, the, her parents happen to own the bagel shop here on County Road 210. And uh, when when my brother and I heard about it, uh, we kind of looked at each other and said, it's been several years since we, we got involved with something like that. We we personally didn't know the family. Um, but I looked at him and I said, I feel bad. And I, and I really, really think we have the resources to make something special happen for her. And so yesterday we kind of rallied with, over the last few months, we kind of rallied around each other and had some ideas and, and bumped heads and, and were able to get several sponsors, uh, which was over 30 at my last count, and about 120 players to come out. And we, we ended up raising $7,500 for the family and, and her medical expenses in the recovery. Ah, good for you so guys. It was absolutely Fantastic. tremendous. You know, handing her a, a bouquet of roses yesterday, I lost it. Uh, the family lost it. Just to, That was just to get the day started. And then there were several moments throughout the day that it just made it just made it so special to know that everyone in this community that was there and, and those that couldn't be but wanted to be a part of it, you know, really rallied around the family. And, and she's actually doing really well. So that was awesome to see. And it was just special to have her there, to be honest with well, you. Good job for uh, by, by you guys. But really, everybody came together in the community. Uh, you, you know, you feel like you know everybody down on 210. Uh, we live close exactly. by, of course, too. <laughs> so you, you end up knowing everybody in the bagel shop, by the way. is really, really good. So uh, <laughs> we've been there yes, uh, quite a few times. Hey, uh, Derek, one last thing for you. As you got heading into the summer, give us a like a course condition type of plan I mean, because i'm sure punching greens and all those kind of things are about ready to happen what's the deal they are well we're going to probably be one of the later courses to do it we kind of wait for everybody to get theirs out of the way um i love the month of may just in weather purposes and it's usually the uh the best month for golf conditions around in my opinion um as we transition pretty much into to early summer conditions but uh we don't start air fine until uh until mid-june We'll do it once then for greens and tees, and then we'll begin the verticutting process of our fairways. That usually takes about a week and involves all sorts of different types of machinery. But uh, then we don't do it again until August. Um, but obviously I, I experiment with different uh, new technological things that are out there now. I experimented with a piece of equipment this morning called the Shockwave, which I'll have to fill you in at some point. But uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's for golf greens, and uh, it, it's truly amazing what they develop nowadays to help uh, people enjoy the rounds of golf. Also, uh, one last thing. I do have to come out there and drive the ball picker upper thing, um, and I lost a bet. So these guys, both Coos and Austin, have to hit golf shots at me in the oh, uh, yeah. golf picker upper. Uh, 
which, by the way, like, I, I bring I like a two iron out, and I'll and I'll show him how to hit you. Yeah, I was gonna say he's got a better chance to hit me with the two iron than he does with a golf ball. Well, and and speaking of <laughs> speaking of bets, real quick, uh, you know, I, I put my money down on, on a guy by the name of Mike Lorenzo Vera, obviously a <laughs> a very well known PGA prospect on the tour right now. Not sure if you've been watching the PGA Championship, but he is of, uh, of course you minus did. two. He, he is minus two right now. Do you, do you have any insight on him? Uh, what we can expect the rest of the no, he uh, doesn't because nobody's ever heard of Brent, him. I'm just asking a question, man. I'm I, I'm leaving the business. To the businessman. What do you got for me? To go along with the last time I was on and I named my foursome and I heard yours, uh, no, I don't. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. All right, Derek but, DeStefano. But hey, it's a major. Anything can happen. Long way to go. Derek DeStefano from the Golf Club at Southampton. Thanks for checking in, man. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. You're the best. Have a great day. All Thanks, right. Uh, again, uh, Action Sports Jack Stream 18 will be there September 16th. I'll have more information for you on that uh, in a bit. So Brooks Kepka running away with it. Settled down. No, There's a lot more Mikey's holes coming. to play. Don't sleep on Mikey just yet. Yeah. <laughs> Who is it? You have a leaderboard up right now? No, I'm just, I, I just Googled Mike Lorenzo Vera. And by the way, can't even find him on Google. Like, he's literally that off the grid. <laughs> I can't believe it. Get, get your own Wikipedia. He doesn't have a Wikipedia page, I don't think. Unbelievable. Do you have a, do you have a Wikipedia page, Brent? Uh, I don't know. Uh, Let's look it up. About to look it up. Hope it doesn't. Say everything I've done in the past. Well, I can edit it to make it say whatever it wants to say, so we'll see. Um, I'm going to give you a leaderboard. Brooks Kepka's winner by three shots over Danny Lee, Tommy Fleetwood. So you should take a Tommy again. Tommy, yeah. He's four shots back. And uh, we'll update you throughout the rest of the hour on some of the big names. Rory McIlroy, Phil Mickelson playing this afternoon along with Jason Day. When we come back, back to football. And the players have rabbit ears, and is it a good thing or a bad thing? And Patrick Peterson, a shocker today. Next on ESPN 690. Marcel Robinson stopping by. We've got guests all over the place today. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, man. It's good. It's good to have a full studio. It is. You know, say hi to everybody. Keeps things interesting. We got new music playing. We do. That's Kiss right there, Hakus. Get up, man. Hey, see, you were right. You were right about it. You can name that tune in like oh, yeah. three seconds. Yeah. I told you, man. I, was, I grew up with the radio. I grew up with uh, eight tracks, so I, I know my stuff. What don't you have in your mind what I, is what I wonder that always allows you, you that allows you to fill your mind with that useless stuff. What don't I have in my mind? Yeah. Golf knowledge. Very good. Um, Even though your guys like top five right now. Politics. It's about it. I mean, yeah. Politics. Really, if you shed your mind of politics, you got a lot of room. Well, here we go. Politics, <laughs> politics and uh, social media and technology. I'm not the biggest social media technology kind of guy, as you know. Yeah, and I think you... You probably should be. Eh, I'm good, man. Dude, it's, it's exhausting. Like I know. I'm doing it right now. Look at you. You can't put it down. I'm trying to promote You the can't show. put it down. I only promoted it once today. <laughs> once. I, I did my part. <laughs> I did my part. <laughs> We're trying to beat people. I did my part. Brent, I went with the Jacksonville Iceman and skated. What more do you want from me? <laughs> Talk about promotion. Kuz, what are you doing, homeboy? You all right? I'm getting you new bed music. Yeah, this uh, is like yeah. a never-ending game. It I'm trying to win here. Uh, apparently. Apparently. Survival of the fittest. Apparently. Well, then maybe I should get some social media endurance. skills on, on selfies from Marcel while we're at it, too, man. You can give me a little couple tips. All right. So here, speaking of, we got some balling and falling coming up. Yes, we do. But Marcel will be good on this topic, too. Okay. So Le'Veon Bell comes out, and he starts tweeting about the reports that that McCagnan, uh obviously signed him to the deal and the money and, 
and Gase, one of the problems they said between the two guys was Gase didn't mind the player. He liked Le'Veon Bell's player. Who wouldn't? But he didn't think the money was right. He thought it, they spent too much money on it. So there's that report flying around yesterday, and, and Le'Veon Bell chimes in on Twitter, and he says, well, you know, I'm going to play for my team. And, and then he's like, he just has a comment about it. I don't know the exact quote. But I got me thinking, you know, I even will say I'm, I'm not – not saying this in a negative way that they have rabbit ears about what's going on, but should they? And are they consuming too much of their time and energy by reading this stuff, commenting about this stuff? I think uh, there was like a pro football focus or something about Yannick Ngakwe yesterday. He retweeted it. I, I get that oh, it's yeah. impossible to not see. Mm-hmm. I get that. Uh, you just can't be blind to it. It, the information's in front of you, and if you're not looking at it and you are blind to it, God bless you, but somebody in your family's telling you about it. So it's hard. But I also just feel like if I was one of them, I'd try to stay off it and not get into that. It doesn't – you don't win in that situation ever. Like if I was advising Le'Veon Bell, I'd be like, nah, don't tweet that stuff, man. Don't do it. It's not worth the time. You go work out and then go kick ass in the fall. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what I'd say if I was advising him. But it's his right if he wants to do it. I mean, we've seen Jalen Ramsey all over social media. Anytime anybody says anything, he has something to say, and sometimes it's cryptic. It's fun. Like, again, following it, it's kind of fun for us. What I'm asking you guys is, is it smart? I mean, should, are these guys too sensitive about things that are being said about them when they are in a fishbowl? That's what they are in. They signed up for it. They make a lot of money, and part of being making a lot of money and being a pro athlete is being in a fishbowl. Are they too sensitive to things being said? So, and that's a you know, I mean, that's a that that question has a lot of layers to it, okay? Because yeah. I think there's exceptions for each rule. So, in the case of Le'Veon Bell. I mean, Ian Rappaport reported that. Like, if Ian Rappaport reported something about a player getting hurt, a player getting traded, we're going to quote that on our show. True. He, he's a pretty reliable, reliable source. source. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I feel like when Bell saw that, I, I Just make sure I you get rap focus. sheet, not rap shield. That's exactly. the big one. That's Uncle Chap <laughs> doing his thing. <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> if I'm Le'Veon Bell, like, yeah, I'm paying attention to that because, number one, it's showing that they – what I always say, Brent, I say sometimes it's not about how much money you get. It's what the money says. And what Gay said was, yeah, they valued Bell, but not that much. Yeah, they wanted Bell on the Jets, but not that much. And if I'm Bell, I'm taking that to heart. Now, you've mentioned a great thing with Yannick Ngakwe. And one could think, like, dude, you just need to focus on the season. You just need to focus on football. What are you worried about these stats for? And I say nay. I say pump your brakes because the power of social media and, – and I didn't really realize this till kind of after my career because Twitter wasn't that big yet when I played. The power of social media, it can crush you. It can absolutely um, put put you in a bad light and it can ruin your career. But it's also a a branding tour, a a tool, because at the end of the day, yes, you play on the Jacksonville Jaguars, but you're also your own brand. And um, with your own brand, you can get get endorsements, you can get um, media talking about you. So to increase your brand, to, to increase the advertisement, to increase the endorsements, yeah, then go ahead and share some stats. Like, maybe I have to get better here. Pro Football Focus said I did good here. Like, I feel like um, players that break themselves up a little bit, I think it's genius. Uh, yeah, I would say. In, also, you, <laughs> says the guy wearing shades inside. <laughs> he's talking right now. Okay. All right. Before he even says anything, Marcel Robinson, everybody, go ahead, sir. Uh, I was going to say, Austin pretty much touched on uh, most of the points that I had, and I think it all – all of it really comes down to the whole fact of even though it is a team game, each player on any team is their own individual brand. 
Hit. Oh, here we go. I like it. There we go. This now is I'm not here. new bed music, by now the way. Now I'm here. <laughs> it's Ladies official. and gentlemen, I have returned. <laughs> it's been a while, by the way. It has been a while. You get lost? A little bit. Of, uh, I didn't get lost, but I didn't fall up the stairs this time. <laughs> so that's a win. <laughs> um, but, uh, like I was saying, I think it comes down to just um, players being so, not necessarily sensitive, because they should be worried about their brand, because at the end of the day, for the most part, that's what's going to end up you know, making them their money, the the, the notoriety. is all comes down back to their brand. But I think that with social media, it's it's so tough not to say anything, because a lot of times, especially these days, if you don't say anything, most of society assumes that whatever is said about you is true. Like if you don't come good to point. defend yourself, that's a good point. Then it's kind good of point. like it's like oh, okay, well, yeah. I guess it must be true. They're kind of hiding back when yeah, you're guilty until proven innocent. Right, right, right. That's a great what point. You're supposed to be. Yeah. So and and I, but I do also think that like you said with the elephant ears, I think that with with players, not just NFL but any sport, I think that they get wind and they hear about at least seventy five to eighty five percent of things that are said about them on social media. I mean, we we can see it all the time. You know, the, with uh, social media, that's kind of tracking things where you can see who watches your stories, who listens to your you know your show. And whatnot, and every now and then, you know, you'll see kind of trigger words, you know, their their name, their team, and whatnot. And I mean, every player pretty much has a circle. If they're, they, you know, I don't, I don't pay attention to all that stuff. Well, you kind of do because next week when we talk to you, you'll kind of drop a little subtle hint or say a reporter that won't be named said something about you, and you didn't say anything about it on social media. But the next week when they come talk to you, you're you're shunning them. Yeah. It's kind of like you know, I don't, you know, what's what's the beef there? Or even blocking them on Twitter. You know, it happens. <clears throat> So, I mean, I, I would say... And That's I a good example, though. Like, should Jalen be concerned to that point? Now, that was a little different because he got like he got mad at the media in training camp. Okay. And yeah, he got I suspended for a week. That. And yeah, so yeah. that was kind of him taking his ball and going home and saying, well, you ain't following me. Mm-hmm. And he's right, um, yeah. which I still think is hilarious and fun, and, and we have some fun with it. Uh, but it's, a, it's another point of it, how in tune they are mm-hmm. with stuff being said about them. I just think it can be real dangerous. I mean, the one thing about sports and, and elite athletes is you have to have your mind right. right. You have to be mentally in good shape and, in, in, and locked in. And you let noise get in your head, whether you're seeing it or hearing it, I think can be a dangerous thing. And and what did I say with Telvin's last video? I said the thing that concerned me the most was the fact that he's letting the small majority you know the small minority of the negativity get to him and i'm like dude you're you're an all pro you're a pro bowler like you won like the fact that you're letting these people get to you it's it's not a good look hey marcel robinson uh you're going up to uh derrick henry you big day nice i'll tell you all about derrick henry he's part of ballin and fallen coming up a little happy hour horn and a report from tequila mexico on the way and one more thought about the branding and, and what we were just talking about with pro athletes next on espn 690 I just said in the break to Austin, I said, hey, don't look now, but Ricky Fowler's just one behind your guy, Vera. Not worried about it. Hey, He's like, I'm not worried about Ricky. And said, where's Rory McIlroy? Two over. Ah, Coos, mm. two over. Mm. We're doing great here. Picking the chalk. That's what happens. Not to change the subject, but Marcel's handwriting is amazing. It's pretty what good. A, what about mine, dude? Wow, that is pretty good. Okay, that's legit. What does it say? I'm not mad Team Action Sports Jacks. Uh, minus, minus Marcel, Marcel versus Marcel and two female news reporters, I will add to that. Who wins? Hashtag office hoops. What Marcel doesn't understand about this. I don't understand anything about this, but what, okay. Basically, he put on social media okay. that he would take Bridget Matter, okay. right? And who else? 
Christy Turner. Any experience playing basketball between from those CBS two? From CBS 47 and Fox 30. Yep. Christy Turner's yep. a former lacrosse player. I don't know about Bridges. Okay, athlete. I like that. Yeah, Christy's a former Division One lacrosse. Division uh, One now. Player yeah. at, at okay. Northwestern. Okay, yes. yeah, so she's probably Champion playing basketball. Too, right? So against myself, well, Stuart mm. Weber, and mm. the old man in the department. And oh. what, what he doesn't quite I'm understand. All day. He doesn't understand that. I will beat Marcel by myself. Thank you. It's <laughs> <laughs> bizarre, dude. It's funny to me. See, you guys are so racist right now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe we're heightist. Maybe we're racist. I don't know, Brent. I just, I, I don't see you keeping up with Marcel, man. I feel like Marcel's got the Giannis gene where he can just drive the lane and then he can dish out to one of his uh, teammates for an easy bucket once in a while. See, what you meant to say was, I have that Kevin Durant gene. Oh, Kevin Durant. Oh, I'm yeah, sorry about that. Absolutely. I'm sorry about that. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm saying the, the future MVP, uh, Giannis out of Kempo. So, okay. By that's what way, I was getting at. We are, put, we are willing to put paychecks beyond Oh, Thanks. can I come watch? Beyond paychecks. I got to come watch this then. I got to come see this. Brent, you're pretty confident in, in the basketball game, huh? Yes. Really? Well, I'm confident on our Three guys Stuart, against Stuart? Marcel mm-hmm. and company. Okay. Negative. Negative. Okay. Stuart's a soccer player, so yeah, doesn't correlate at all, but okay. Let's just say it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, it is 5 o'clock hour on Thursday, and it is Vita de Louis time. Happy hour horn time. Grab a drink, get a shot, and tip your star tenders. And if your name is Mike Lorenzo Vera, hey, dude, lay off the Long Island iced teas. Go for a margarita. Let's something a little more smoother. Get some tequila in your system. Yes. And keep winning, baby. Make me look good. I love Vita Deloitte tequila. Locally owned tequila right here in Jacksonville. Made in tequila, Mexico. Shipped directly to Jack's Beach. For locations, recipes, and merchandise, visit VitaDeloitte.com. And for the first time ever, we are going to Tequila, Mexico. That's where we're headed. Martin Buckley. I believe is who we're going to. Up, are you in Tequila, Mexico? I'm here with Mark Lowry. We are in the middle of the agave fields right now. Wow. How does the phone work? It sounds great. We got pretty good reception here, man. I mean, not that phones don't work in Mexico. I'm no, just wondering if you're in the middle, in the middle of a field. Of it doesn't sound like you would. All right, what are you guys doing down there? You're being racist again. No, no. <laughs> uh, the, uh, I say a locally owned tequila right here in Jacksonville. I say it every day on the show, made in tequila, Mexico. So, And then it gets shipped directly to Jack's Beach. I mean, you guys are, are there where it's, where it's made. Uh, what's we're happening here. down there? How's how's the scene? Uh, we're here today. Actually, we, we got to... Uh, see our product go through the line, watch it get packaged up. We, we actually loaded some of it onto the trucks ourselves that they're heading home right now. That's awesome. With all the workers, um, actually the happy hour horn just rang here. Everyone's off work and uh, going to enjoy some uh, Vita de Louis and some other local tequila. And today we sampled our new Añejo and Reposado that should be available in the next couple months. Wow, good stuff. Uh, is it as fascinating as you thought it would be, as unique as you thought it would be, or did you kind of know what you were getting into? Uh, this was my first time here. Mark and the guys have been, have been here before, so for me it was really a great learning experience to see the whole process from start to finish and see how they do it. 
it's uh, quite the operation. It's it's very very interesting, really cool. Yeah, we we got to see all the barrels that our product is aged in for our añejo and reposado, and we're we're looking forward to sharing it with everyone. Got a great um, carrying that smoothness as well as a little sweet uh, finish to it. Good stuff. And when do you think uh, you said it's coming out soon? When will that be? Do you know yet? Should be in the states in August. August. All right, right at the end of the summer. Awesome. All right, uh, we'll, we'll have some bottles for you guys. Yeah. Well, well, you know where we'll keep them. Right. We just don't give them the coos because <laughs> we're a little concerned about him, uh, and, and they might not last. All good. We got to ration that off with him. We understand. <laughs> Appreciate it. All right, guys. Safe travels. Thanks for checking in. First ever. Report from Tequila, Mexico, here on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. All right. Salute. Uh-huh. Safe guys. travels, guys. Appreciate it. Uh, all right. Hey, we want to get to balling and falling as well. Yes, sir. And my balling is going to be Derrick Henry. Okay. You didn't take mine. Thank God. Because uh, they're retiring his jersey tonight up in Yuli, halftime of the spring game, Yuli against Jackson. And... This is a guy that I'm not sure is celebrated enough around here, and I understand well, a little bit why. Do you know why? <laughs> I get Have it. Have you watched the highlights lately? I get lately? it. I get it. Uh, it. But I wonder where he'll be celebrated down the road. Uh, I get the Jags-Titans thing right now, and I get the Thursday night deal. But talk about a Heisman Trophy winner, national high school record holder in rushing. Did you? I didn't look it up. Did, did you end up looking it up, Marcel? Do you know if he still holds that? Uh, I didn't see if he still holds that, but 12,000 yards, over 12,000 is pretty... Uh, and, pretty and, and, and by the way, it was a record that lived for a very long time because yeah. we actually had the guy that held the record mm-hmm. on the phone on a Friday Night Blitz years ago. Yeah. And I think he lived in Dallas or somewhere yeah. out there. But yeah. Yeah, I, I think at the, the time he was like in his... I think he was in his 70s when we talked to him. Yeah, because I think the record was... Or the initial record was held back since 54. Okay, so. that makes sense. And I mean... This, he was just – he was already a big guy, yeah. right? So many yeah. people thought, okay, he's just running over people because he's bigger than everybody. They're like, well, they'll move him to linebacker eventually. Mm-hmm. And there was some talk about that, even going to Alabama, running back or linebacker. And he was fun to watch. He was so fun to watch in high school, and he carried the team. I mean, the numbers he had at times were like 560 yards in a game. Yeah. But he, he took like every snap, every rep. What I always say about that – He's got a he's got a cool story, background story, but you know around high school football they could have somebody was trying to get him, you know. And I'm not going to name schools, but you know schools, whether it was Southeast Georgia or whether it was schools in here, mm-hmm. public, private, whatever. You know they were calling and saying, okay, hey, you want to come? You want to come yeah. here? You want to come here? And he stayed at Yuli. Yeah, I think that's pretty cool. Props to him. Didn't didn't want to wear the school uniform, and I get props to him for that. <laughs> um, let me ask this one question, Brent. Was he bigger than some of the offensive linemen that were on that team? Oh, dude, he was. When I first met him as a freshman, I was like, whoa. I mean, this dude is a freshman a, in high school. And yes, yeah. he was like a man. Yeah. And then what was crazy, I mean, he was a man. I mean, he, mm-hmm. you know, Joey Gatewood recently at Bartram Trail was a big kid. But, I mean, Derrick Henry was like ripped <laughs> as a freshman. He that's, was just a monster. That's ridiculous. And, but what was crazy is I would go my his sophomore year, junior year, senior year. And by I would say his junior year, he probably was kind of what he was. Uh, and I'm sure he got even a little bit bigger, mm-hmm. but not as noticeable even in, in college. But I would go his sophomore year and then his junior, I'd be like, dude, how can you get any bigger than you already were? Like, yeah. he would actually get bigger. Yeah. It was unbelievable. And, uh, well, it was obvious why he could. I mean, he was he was maturing even more as the age uh, got older. But, uh, again, 
national high school rushing record, national, and it had been 50-something years since it had been um, set, and on top of that, Heisman Trophy winner, uh, just like Tim Tebow, yep, and national champ, mm-hmm. and now an NFL career that I think still is hard to identify other than that Thursday night game. December 6th, 2018, <laughs> rest in peace, Leon Jacobs. So uh, you'll see up there. I'll be interested to see the crowd up there kind of welcoming home. The other part of it is, listen, Yuli is right on the border. It's north of Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. I'm not even sure the folks in Yuli like saying he's from Jacksonville. No, they you don't. almost have to say northeast Florida, mm-hmm. right, instead, mm-hmm. or Yuli directly. Yeah. But I group them in Jacksonville people, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, I, and I don't really separate that very often. I mean, Tim Tebow played at Nice. I, I view him as a Jacksonville guy. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so uh, – but I wonder how they come out tonight. Those crowds used to be packed to watch and play, and rightfully so. I mean, ESPN was here several times. Yep. It'll be a good scene tonight, I bet. Yeah, I think it'll be uh, pretty packed. When we were actually coming back earlier, I was I actually called the school to double check to make sure you know everything was you know right and the timing and everything. And typically, when you call you know, the, the main office of schools to ask about like an athletic event like this, sometimes they may or may not know. Um, but I get to the front, called the front office, and uh, asked the woman to answer the phone. I said, "Hey, are you are you aware of the?" Uh, Jersey retirement going on? She said, oh, yeah, we're aware. I was like, oh, all right, well, get there early. <laughs> yeah, make sure you get there early. Uh, everybody knows Derek Henry and Yuli. And, and a shout-out, too, to Bobby Ramsey. Yeah. Bobby Ramsey coach him. He's now the coach in Mandarin, just led Mandarin to a state championship. But Bobby Ramsey won't be able to be there tonight because they're playing their spring game. And Bobby coached uh, Derek Henry. But on top of that, I thought what Bobby did after Derrick Henry left showed that they weren't just about Derrick Henry. Mm-hmm. He was a good football coach, mm-hmm. and they had some good years after Derrick Henry left, even though they didn't have that kind of talented player. And I don't think that ever got its due appreciation. And I think maybe until last year when Bobby Ramsey showed he can take a Mandarin team yep. and win a state championship. And then obviously he got a ton of appreciation mm-hmm. and respect for that. Uh, so Derrick Henry, big night for him. We'll have that covered for you on CBS 47 and Fox 30. Marcel Robinson's heading up to Yuli. Uh Tonight will be a big night to celebrate. Uh, one of the finest products to ever come out of Northeast Florida, even if he does play for the Titans. All right, you're balling and some more falling when we come back on ESPN 690. All right, Austin says I took too long with my balling, so go ahead, you're up. No. Oh, wow. <laughs> a little hostility. Well, first, let's do the flex of the day real quick, if you don't mind. Uh, Deontay Wilder's got a fight coming up, and this was uh, the press conference uh, when somebody asked him how excited he is for his fight. That's what it is. I didn't go seek him. He seeked me. So if it comes, it comes. This is not a gentleman's sport. I keep saying this is not a gentleman's sport. We don't ask to hit each other in the face, but we does anyway. And you can ask any doctor around the world, and he'll tell you the head is not meant to be hit. And on this particular time, we have bad blood against each other. This is the only sport where you can kill a man and get paid for it at the same time. It's legal. So why not use my right to do so? He's a bad flex. dude. Squad. F- f- flex of the year, perhaps? Do we just give him the Flex of the Year award? I don't know what that entails. He's a bad but dude. Yeah. Uh, he is fighting Dominique Brazil uh, this weekend. Um, I'm going to be honest, Brent. I don't know a lot about Dominique Brazil. Like, I, I follow boxing. Don't know too much about this you guy. Feel he's not going to be around for very long. Yeah, in, that in, in my personal opinion, uh, Wilder's the best heavyweight right now in boxing. He's got it all. He's got uh, he's got the look. He has obviously the KO ability, and now he's got the mic skills as well. We so. talk about people who can turn it on and off in football. This guy can turn it on and off. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, that was intensity no, for sure. from Wilder, but we've also seen kind of that fun love inside. We no, talked to him I mean, at the Super Bowl. Yeah, so. he was cool to us, but you remember the whole bomb squad thing he shot at the end he did. to, to yeah. drop the promo. Yeah, that he was turned a, it on quick. That, yeah, he that did. was 0 to 60 real fast. So, <laughs> All right, yeah. balling. All right, balling. Don't put it off. Yeah, yeah, appreciate or I'll it. steal your time. Oh, man, I just. Uh, Here we go. He's rattled. <laughs> I am rattled now. Rattled, we Marcel. Got it. You All see right, balling. Go to my boy, Brooke Lopez. Yes, you are balling, but I got a question for you, Brooke Lopez. I'm not happy with you for some reason. Where were you, Brooke? Where were you when I was a kid and I was playing center in middle school and I couldn't shoot a three-pointer because my coach said no? All I had to go off with was Ben Wallace, Tim Duncan, Yao Ming, and Shaq. Those guys were not shooting three-pointers. I wish I would have had a role model like Brooke Lopez coming up in the game because I feel like my game would have been a little more complete and I probably would have went to Duke. But let's be honest, man. Brooke Lopez is uh, definitely the reason. <laughs> we went to Duke. We went to Duke. <laughs> <laughs> Just slide that Something by. Something funny? Something funny? Yeah, that's yeah. not a big deal. It's Duke. Six six center. I, I, I had Coach K knowing me by name in, in the bathroom. It's not a man. You should have been able to nail threes. I had Coach K calling me by name. It's not a big deal. But anyway, so with Brook Lopez, he's the big reason why Milwaukee won last night. Um, I thought he stepped up a lot. So props to him. I mean, yes, he missed a lot of three-pointers, but he made the ones when they counted as opposed to me who was doing mic and drills by myself in the driveway until I was dizzy. So props to Brook Lopez, man. I was, the team on I was the asking you guys this. Uh, Brooke Lopez, uh, Lopez Brothers, maybe just Brooks. Uh, Brooke, Robin. Um, they've been successes in the NBA. Uh, they were picked 10th and 15th, yes. right, yeah. in the draft. I remember the stardom, but I also remember the story. You know, part of it's a story you get wrapped up in. Um, I feel like they went off the grid for a while from being relevant in the NBA, but I don't watch it day to day. Yeah. So... Mm-hmm. What do you think? I would say yes. I think that I think anytime if you come in as a player, if you can, you know, maintain some, you know, stability and and you can sustain a career for, you know, better part of a decade or, you know, close to a decade, I think that you are um I would say it's a success. I mean, people come in and out of the league and get forgotten about every year. Yeah. But I mean, I go in the Hall of Fame. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I don't think they're anywhere close to the Hall of Fame, but I think that they'll always be able to find work just based on their versatility and the things that they can do. And just their size as well. I mean, you know, Brooke did make one uh, all-star game back in 2013 with the Nets, so he had that going from. I think he is a better player than Robin, who plays for the Chicago Bulls at the moment. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's like Marcel said. Anytime you can play over 10 years in the league and you're you're above six feet tall, I mean, six feet, uh, above seven feet tall, you definitely got a, a job in the NBA. So I think they've had pretty good careers. Uh, or how they didn't win a, uh, a national championship at Stanford, no. I have no idea. Yeah, that's but, crazy. Uh, yeah. All right, Fallen, go ahead, just in case I take up more of your time. Uh, <laughs> I was kidding, man. Good Lord. Uh, we probably actually have the same Fallen. Do you get the Stanley Cup playoffs? No. Okay, well, never mind then. So there's been two things that have been it's defining. Hockey. Okay, Brent, there's been two things that have been defining the Stanley Cup playoffs this year. One being the fact that two underdog teams that no one gave a chance in the middle of the season are in the semifinals. But the biggest talking point by far has been the refing. Um, I've sat here and I've defended the Sharks for the most part, especially with the cross-check against Pavelski, against the Knights when there was a major penalty. And I said, well, maybe the Knights shouldn't give up four goals in five minutes. And that was obvious. Uh, Last night, though, in overtime against the St. Louis Blues in a pivotal game three, uh, the Sharks caught a lucky break as a blatant hand pass was not called and immediately resulted into the goal right after. Um, that's one I can't co-sign on. I mean, that was a that was a missed call for, uh, by a long shot. The refs should have 
corrected themselves. Um, I think with instant replay, like I, I understand hockey is a fast paced game. That's the, that's the draw to it. That's the intrigue. But at the same time, I mean, we're talking about the Stanley cup semifinals. Uh, you have to get those calls, right? It's, it's, it's not like a judgment call. Like the Pavelski one was where, yes, he got hit yeah, and yeah. Then he was bleeding from the face. I mean, yeah, judgment call says he got hit and it, it's a major penalty. This one, I mean, it's no judgment call. It's, it is, it's in the rule book. You can't take your paw, you can't take your hand, put it on the puck and pass it to a teammate. And that's what happens. Well, so. when, then there's a stoppage because it leads to a goal. Yeah. So then there's a natural stoppage in play where you could take a look at it, well, you know, which makes sense. It's not like yeah. all of a sudden you're going to be like, whoa, 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 you hand passed. Uh, let's go review that while they're still skating around. I mean, Thank you. the siren goes off and everybody celebrates and there's that moment before they, they drop the puck again mm-hmm. at center ice. So there's, there's time to digest that. And then make that reviewable, especially in overtime, sudden death. You know, yeah. I mean, were you worried about slowing down the game in overtime? But, just... but I think it's a, it's a, it's a, it shows that in sports, when things go to overtime or late in games, and the NBA has been obviously famous for this, but officials don't want to determine the outcome. So what happens is guys get away with more stuff at those times of games, whether it's defensive backs interfering with receivers, whether it's receivers pushing off on defensive backs, Mm -hmm. whether it's an NBA guy going down the lane and getting hacked, but they're not going to call it, or whether it's a push-off, Michael Jordan, Utah Jazz, Mm -hmm. whether it's it's this situation. I, I don't think it's as blatant and obvious sometimes in the NHL, but they're not calling roughing or tripping or those things to put a guy in the sin bin for two minutes in the final couple of minutes of a tie game or an overtime. Mm-hmm. So it's it's almost a little bit of creative cheating that Boy. goes on and bending but the rules because how, you know they're not going to call but it. How can you bend the rules when you literally take your hockey glove, pick up the puck and pass it? Like that's pretty obvious thing to everybody. Yeah. You don't see that a lot. You know, so that call's gotta be made. Yeah, I I will say this. Because it's obvious to us off TV, I mm-hmm. don't always think it is obvious to the refs. And therefore, if you want to fight for the replay of that, I think you have a valid point. But things are flying now. Things are going fast. And Again, we see everything in slow motion. If you show me that play, I, what I would do is take, can we go to the grocery store again. Mm-hmm. We grab the 10 people and we show that play. <laughs> we show the play in fast motion. And we say, what was wrong with this play? And by the way, you can grab the sports fan. No, I'm just saying, you grab the sports fan. What was wrong with this play? And I'll be in, interested. Again, it's ob- it was an obvious hand pass. Yeah. But and especially those folks that really know hockey, that the refs and everybody else, it was an obvious hand pass. But I wonder how many people would catch it in live action. That's my point in the defense of the officials sometimes. What else is, that what it, else is new? Brent, you're defending the officials again, man. Like, did, did, did you try to be an official and didn't work out? No, be but honest. I'm thinking that's what I might retire to. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Well, then uh, you'd be doing high school or what? Because then you can throw me out of a game. And yeah, actually, I do want to do this story with like high school baseball or something where we go undercover and do and be an ump. <laughs> and, and, just, and just listen and to the parents. You yeah. You know? <laughs> I've already got my strikeout calls. Right? But we don't genius. I think I we're so it. involved with baseball and stuff uh, that we probably know too many people around here that I think we're going to have to go like out of town to do it. But I, I want to do it. I think it would be hilarious. Oh, that would be not fantastic. Even like the ex, not like a, a 60 minutes or a, what was it used to be 2020 expose, expose. kind of thing. 
<laughs> just for the fun of it. Please I mean, do the this. absolute fun of just getting berated by parents Please behind do this. the dish. Please you know? be mic'd up the <laughs> whole time. Like a nightmare to me. Oh, it'd be awesome. Be yeah. great. Yeah, we got to do I've it. heard some unsavory things from these parents, so. Oh, dude. I mean, well, listen, I've probably said a thing or two, but I mean, I've heard worse. Than what I've said. So, uh, yeah, I think that'd be a lot of fun. All right, my phone, real quick. You, you got to check out this image. It's on TNT. It's going to be John Daly. So here's the description. You got to go find <laughs> the image. It. Oh, I've seen it. But here it is. John Daly wheeling up to the green at a major with a cigarette in one hand, his putter in the other, and a McDonald's cup in the cart. Of course. The American <laughs> dream distilled to a screenshot. <laughs> it's red. It's great. John Daly, man. Oh. He is one of the great characters. We love the fallible character, you know? We, we love that character, but yet it's, he can be such a sad story at times if you really dive into it. Um, yeah. But it makes him a lovable figure but, in our sports society. And, and this is kind of getting back to my point we were talking about a couple of days ago with does he deserve the cart? I mean, the guy's got a cigarette in his mouth and he's eating McDonald's. Like, <laughs> one would think that, no, you don't deserve a cart, John, because you're not taking the necessary steps to take care of yourself, he to, actually, to heal yourself. He actually said this week it was a disadvantage without the cart because of the hills Interesting. at Bethpage. <laughs> How can it be disadvantage? Interesting. This is by far one of the most disrespectful things I've seen to the game of golf in my entire life. <laughs> that doesn't include you around at TPC Sawgrass. They dry on 17. That's all that matters, yeah, right? did. That was magical, by the way. That was clutch. I got to get you the video of that still. I haven't done that. Why didn't you bug me about it? All right, Marcel Robinson's heading up to Yuli for Derrick Henry's big night. We're coming back. we got Stay in Your Lane. And uh, a thought about branding to professional athletes. Want to stay on that? And also a little more PGA Championship. What the heck happened to Tiger today? It's on ESPN 690. We were just talking about in the break, like, hey, uh, probably not have a show Memorial Day weekend on that Monday. And uh, who's I'll like, be around. It's, I mean, whatever. Yeah, okay. I, I, I think that's one of the, like July 4th, uh, Christmas, Thanksgiving. Okay. I don't know about New Year's. We've got a baseball game or two on Monday as well that will play instead, okay. most likely. So um, it kind of works. Right. I think that's what we're playing. But anyway, Ku's like, oh, so we're not going to be here on Monday? He's like, like he's I, gonna I wasn't going to be, be here anyway. Yeah. Like, no bleep. <laughs> Thanks for telling Kuz. us, though, you know, right? Like, little heads counter. up. Look, it's the last, it's the last of these uh, weddings that I got to hit, at least for a month. <laughs> so it's not the last. No, there's like three more this year. It's an awful age. Are these on your end or like your girlfriend's end? What's your? It's a mix of both. What's your go-to wedding gift? Money. (laughs) Is it money? Bread maker. Bread maker. Good. No, I I just got I got that from old school. Oh, yeah. okay. I was like, uh, bread maker. Yeah, but I, 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 I was going to say, people have bought bread makers. I have bought like three of my friends bread makers just for the joke. Do you know the best? Th- one of the best things I ever did was register for the my wedding. Oh, right. It was I awesome. Know. I had the gun out. Yeah. The, oh, see, I used shoot- to use the gun. Oh, yeah, man. You were shooting the like the you know the gun that they. Kuz isn't worried about it. Kuz never getting married. I yeah. call the gun. Yeah, no, but I, it was the gun scanner. for sure. Yeah, it's it's, it's the gun. Um, Kuz. Yeah. For WAPE audience at 95.1, <laughs> he calls it the scanner. Here we call it the gun. The gun, yep. Uh, but, 
<laughs> yeah, but, uh, ESPN 690, we're just trying to make it. <laughs> and maybe we're not trying to be racist either. I like to be added as well. Easy. Listen, well, you, you don't mentioned throw it that today. No, you, you guys were against me because Brent, you picked the. You said the black guy do, was going to beat the white guy in nothing basketball. Nothing to do with color, Brent. You see, did. You guys I, I don't insinu- see color, sir. You insinuated that. I don't see color. That was Brent. on you guys. Do not bring me into that oh, conversation. Brent, I think your I think your rabbit ears a little pricked up too high, man. <laughs> Getting a little sensitive. <laughs> I'm not. I was just saying that I would watch. I mean. <laughs> Uh, he Marcel is not respecting his opponent. No, he's not. And I don't think he should. No, but, he should. Okay. That's okay. what my point is. Okay. Brent, I'm going to be honest. Wait till he gets I've an elbow in him. those skinny little rib cage of his. <laughs> <laughs> Talking smack about him when he walks out we'll the door. Put, we'll Classic game, Brent Martin. We'll put this game live. No, I've said it to him. Okay. Don't worry. Okay. Uh, uh, and, and speaking of games, though, and I'm telling you right now, you better get your eight hours tonight. Because tomorrow when we're on the golf simulator... I'm coming for you. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm, yeah. I'm serious, Brent. I'm coming. By the way, I think I have a game for us tomorrow. Do we have any games planned? <laughs> no. We, we, All right. I think I've got never plan anything a day in advance. No, so. Well, I do. You guys don't. Yeah. Uh, we, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we, uh, I think I have a game. Okay. I haven't come up with a game yet. You so sure I haven't. Uh, so I'm going to come up with one. It's your only assignment you guys ever have. You, you come up with it every three weeks. <laughs> hey, the people love them when we actually play them. <laughs> it's been a while. All right. I want to ask you, you got Stay in Your Lane coming up. Sure. We also have 100 Days to College Football, a thing or two that we're looking forward to while we're at the 100-day mark. Um, Tiger Woods, what the heck happened to him today? I said yesterday, I don't know where he's going to be mentally. Is he uh, – it's bad terminology. Don't say it about Tiger. Uh, is there a little bit of a hangover – from winning the Masters. Uh, but it, seriously, I, I think it's hard to do that, man. The bounce is tough, whether you lose hard or win big. Yeah. The bounce is hard. It's a real thing. And I wonder if Tiger, plus he said he was sick a little bit yesterday. He didn't go play nine holes like he wanted to. So maybe that threw him off his game. Bottom line is he was not very good today. And we'll see if he gets it together tomorrow to make the cut. So, listen, I'm no golf expert, but I'm an athlete. And when I think of professional golfers or just golfers in general it's all about consistency and repetition so like i mean i think of golfers man i feel like if you have a, a bad night's sleep if you i don't know if you don't brush your teeth right like you, you might be off in your game a little bit because like it's so it's so minuscule of like hitting a good shot or hitting a bad shot so you know tiger woods came into this tournament and he had two bad he had two bad holes right off the bat yeah you know so it wasn't like off to good. the first one yeah so it wasn't off maybe there's just one bad hole there. no but they doubled 17 okay. so you're right there you go. two so, double bogeys yeah. on the front nine so not a good look. So and he was chasing right away. Yeah. Then he had a magical run. He was four under through four holes in a stretch. Mm-hmm. He got to one under. He was tied for fifth. Yeah. And then he just kind of it away mm-hmm. because uh, he kept three putting down the stretch. And, and that's the thing with golf. You know, like we sit here and we pick these guys like, oh, yeah, you know, he plays good here. But there's really no way of knowing. So if anything... It just reiterates the fact that how good Tiger was for that gap where he was just winning and yeah, winning yeah, yeah. and winning. Because Let me ask this question. Do you think we ever see that again out of any golfer? I don't care where they're from um, no, we, in, in our lifetime. No, we, not for that consistency, that stretch, and that dominant. Okay, that wasn't just winning. That was dominant. But Brooks Kepka, what he's doing the last couple of years in major championships, might rival it. If these numbers continue, Rory McIlroy had a year and a half, two year stretch. Jordan Spieth, a year and a half, two year stretch. That's what happens. These guys get hot for like 18 months, 24 months. And we've seen multiple guys do that. And then we all say, oh, this could be the next Tiger run. Well, it never really materializes into the Tiger run. Hey, the one other thing is I'm not going to sit here and make excuses for Tiger. 
I, I, I love watching Tiger. I hope he makes the weekend and, and pulls this thing together. And, and if we get, I think the conditions are a little softer today, but the bottom line is he is four shots away from fourth place right now. That's fine. Just think of it like that. He's not like, it's not like he shot a 10 over today. He was not good today, but he's fine if he has a decent round tomorrow, which will be tough at Beth Page Black. Uh, he could have just flat out just not played well today. So I'm not going to make excuses for him. Just had a bad day putting, and he missed a lot of short putts, and you can't do that in major championship golf if you want to be at the top of the leaderboard. Speaking of the top, Brooks Kepka seven under. Danny Lee, just one shot back, shot a 64. Tommy Fleetwood, three shots behind them. So there you see, seven under, six under, then it drops all the way to three under for third place in Tommy Fleetwood. And then a bunch of them at two under, including Mike Lorenzo Vera. There he is. Ricky Fowler, the, one of the big names uh, in the top ten. He's one under. Dustin Johnson has pulled it to one under with three holes to go. Phil Mickelson hasn't won the U.S. Open. Bridesmaid of plenty of time. <laughs> one under par through 14 playing well. Matt Kuchar playing well at one under as well. Last I checked, uh, as far as I could see, Rory McIlroy was two over par. So mm-hmm. he also mm-hmm. uh, not playing well. And Julian Surrey, local who we talked about earlier in the show, he is two over par or was two over par on his opening round. Tiger plays in the afternoon, by the way, uh, tomorrow. All right. Branding from the professional athlete. We talked earlier. Our guys uh, consumed and have rabbit ears about what people say to them. And I wanted to do a little spinoff on that because you and Marcel both brought up brand. Yeah. So in in golf, mm-hmm. Tiger Woods can be concerned about his brand. That's fine. Roger Federer's got a great brand, right? The <laughs> RF, the clothing, yeah. the everything. Great brand. Serena Williams, I mean, unbelievable brand. Yeah. This day and age, this is what's really separated maybe years ago to now, is that even team sport guys are concerned about their brand to a point where are they concerned more about their brand than they are about the team. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm not going to single out any player. I'm just saying I think as a whole, that's not an unfair statement. I think guys are concerned no. about their brand because there's so much money on the table that the bottom line is you want to take care of your own, take care of your family, accumulate in that game of football, especially as much money as you can. And then you know what? If you if you're blessed enough to win championships along the way, great. But if I again go to the grocery store and line people up and say you can have three Super Bowl rings for $4 million, or you can have zero Super Bowl rings for $80 million. Mm-hmm. I think people are taking the $80 million, and I think the athletes do too today. Uh, but you can't speak on all athletes. No, I'm because, not. Yeah, I am yeah, painting yeah, a broad yeah, picture. I, I get it. a very, very broad picture there. But there's but, more of a trend in that. What I'm saying, you don't have to agree with me, but I'm saying there is a more of a trend that they – Two, the athletes, if you anonymously did a poll, they'd pick the 80 million and the no rings over the three rings and the four million. Okay. And, you know, we, we bring up 80 million like it's a common thing in the NFL. All right. I mean, yes. There, well, I'm there talking is, more sports. Well, okay. In general. Well, I'm not just talking NFL. But let's speak in generalities then. You know, I mean, I would say over 90% of professional athletes. Oh, see, NBA kind of threw me for a loop there. But, okay. Let's just, I'm talking about football because I know football. Okay. Yeah. So. A majority of that locker room and of an NFL locker room, they're not—they're they're never really going to see two million, three million dollars. Okay, they're—they're going to see the rookie minimum last maybe one or two years, true. and then uh, thanks for playing. Very true. Good luck down the road. So, 
to but to also and those guys aren't wrapped up in dollars. No, they're not wrapped up in dollars, but they're also on social media because they're trying to make, create a brand for themselves. Now we we mentioned like the top guys like Antonio Brown and listen, Le'Veon Bell. Say, uh, yeah, Le'Veon Bell. I th- I say Antonio Brown because I think he's been the biggest one, right? Like he he's the one that he had the blonde mustache we were talking about, and then the, the way the whole thing went down in Pittsburgh. But I'll tell you what, with Antonio Brown, I see him on Pizza Hut commercials. I saw him on LeBron James show. Brent, I think last year, if you would ask me, name the top five receivers in the NFL, I think Adam Thielen would have been on that list. I think Adam Thielen is a very talented receiver, and I'd probably put him top five. For sure, top ten, right? But does the everyday person know who Adam Thielen is? No. And why is that? And Because he gonna, hasn't built well, his own brand. And, and I'm not going to pull the race card at all, man. I'm not doing that at no, all. No, no, I'm no. Because he hasn't yeah, built his yeah, own brand. Because he, he's not on Twitter. He's not doing these videos. He's not doing these crazy interviews. And you know what? From it... Um, he's not making the money now. Is that just a is that a correlation of him being from a small school at, at Minnesota State Mankato, and maybe he just he, he's he's humble, he's not into the spotlight, maybe, but just might not fit his personality. Yeah, it does fit his yeah. personality, but he's also not capitalizing on that, right? Because you look at Antonio Brown with all these commercials, you look at Le'Veon Bell, like all these guys. Listen, from a PR perspective, it used to be back. 10, 15 years ago where you'd have to go set up an interview to meet with a company and be like, all right, this is my client. He's going to meet with you and hopefully you guys can work something out. Now all uh, all a person's got to do is go look at my client's Twitch. Go look at my client's Twitter, his Instagram. Look at how many likes he gets. Are you guys going to pay us or what? Like, that's all you got to do as a PR person. And no offense to PR people because my people that I had were great, but it's never been easier to be a PR person than a foul now because all you got to do is say, look at my client's views. And wow. at the end of the day, Brent, I mean, the, the average uh, lifetime of a NFL player is, what, 2.5 years? I'm sure it's kind of the same around for professional baseball. Um, pick, pick your sport. So... These guys are finding ways in social media to capitalize on their brand and to make more money down the line. And that's, that's what it's all about. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing that I wouldn't do the same. Mm-hmm. The bottom line is when your best players are selfish and worried about their brand instead of the team, that's a tough thing to coach. And it's a talks, tough thing friend. to be a great team. By the way, I'll put LeBron James in the category. He went to L.A. because he's worried about his movie career and everything else. He's worried about Hollywood. He should have gone to Philadelphia if he wanted more rings and legacy. More to come on ESPN 690. Selfish athletes. Can we have one day where we just don't disagree all the time, Brent? No. No. I mean, we still have a touchdown. Would you be, okay, let let me ask you this. If you are, uh, and I don't say this in a mean-spirited way. If you have the, which is gonna mean it's gonna be a mean spirited way. Okay, well, it's gonna sound it kind of. Yeah. But if you're uh, you're still playing for the Jacks. Okay. And you have the career of Calais Campbell. Okay. Sack. He's got like eighty something sacks. You know, he's obviously made yeah. some Pro Bowls. Those kind of things. I'll take that. Are you? Are you one of the guys that will oh. market yourself oh. and be like, if I got Calais Campbell put me numbers, on Nickelodeon and I'm put on me Twitch on. with my shirt off, doing crazy <laughs> things, going to bar. Yeah, I'm li- I'm li- I'm going to I'm going to You're Vegas. Like Rob Mo- Gronkowski. I'm going to Vegas Memorial Weekend. I'm yeah, absolutely. I'm doing everything crazy. Yeah, no. To be honest, um, well, no. When you build no, the brand, I'm, I mean, no. I'm, I'm I'm being honest, Brent. So. The thing with me, and I've said this before on the show, the biggest compliment I ever got about me in the NFL was I had a couple people come up to me and be like, you know what, like you're a decent player and we respected you, but you're more of a guy that we wanted to have a beer with. And I always took that to heart because 
Um, my whole game on social media when I played for the Jaguars, when I played in the NFL, was uh, to make me appear more than just a football player. Because sometimes I feel like, and I think it's changed since I played, but there's a perception that uh, f- football players are just big, dumb jocks. You know, um, they're not free thinkers. Um, they're not the smartest, you know, crayon. Oh, the smartest crayons. <laughs> they're not the sharpest crayons in the box, as I've just proven to myself. But, uh... <laughs> But um, no, but like I always wanted to prove that there's more to me than just playing football, yeah. you know. So well, you did a that's good job what I that. use social media. That's to. why I hired you. Yeah, I appreciate <laughs> it, man. So that's why I use social media to my tool. Now everyone uses it differently, but um, but from that perspective, if I had Clay's Campbell's numbers, I wouldn't change a thing, honestly. But it, again, you know, Clay's is on like his third contract. He's already made a ton of money, and yeah. Yeah, I think he is marketable. I mean, mm-hmm. because he's also the way he carries himself. He doesn't need to go pound his chest and carry himself that way. But if he did, he might. Beyond more things, I still can't believe how does Calais Campbell not have a Campbell's soup? Oh at? man, how does that not happen? Yeah, I remember. I mean, with the McNabb's voice he Campbell's has, soup ones. with the voice he has, with how big yeah. he at is. I mean, how does he not have a soup he, commercial? How does he have like a like a Chex Mix commercial too? Hey, the mayor of Snacksonville. <laughs> I mean, hey, Calais, man, you, you might need a new PR person. Come on, hire me. Hey, no, she's very nice. Okay, I'm just I'm I just love kidding. Her. We'll go and bring, bring me on too. <laughs> mayor Snacksonville. I can see it now, Calais. Well, maybe they've tried and like Campbell. Like, I, I just don't understand the Campbell. I, I have to ask more about that. Like, I almost want to get help him get that. <laughs> Like, we need to see anything in. Oh, that's cut. all you got to do. Hey, and we can use the power of social media. You just put a tweet out there and be like. Yeah, and I feel like I have tried this before, but maybe it's. I want to make sure. Maybe it's something that he doesn't want to do with that company, or maybe they oh. just don't do that. Maybe they don't use athletes. Well, but I thought like no the Campbell's, Campbell's. Yeah, they, they, they use, had uh, the old Franco, Franco, Matthews, right? They, they, they had Franco. Uh, Franco Harris. At one I time, think they might have. I, I, they Donovan to, was there. Well, they used to do a thing where it was Russell like Wilson. It'd be NFL players and their moms. It'd yeah, be like, yeah. Eat your chunky. Yeah, the yeah. Bacon chunk, the chunky yeah, soup. Yeah, eat one. your chunky soup. How did they not have Calais Campbell? I don't know if they even still make Campbell's chunky. To tell you the truth, I, I think they I haven't do. Seen it in I a think while. so. Okay. Well, All right, hey, one other thing about yeah. this. One last thought, and I think it's a fascinating topic. You know, what's changed even since you played. Yeah, they were in 2010, 11, 12, 13, right? Mm-hmm. Was it 13 was the last one? 13 was the last one. So. Name a guy that was, like, branding himself and being like, me, 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 and I'm going to go get commercials and make my name so big. I don't feel like it was there in the Nothing's, NFL. Yeah. I mean, off the top of my head, Brent, I can't name anybody. I mean, it was about the arrival of Richard Sherman. Richard Sherman, with the interview that he did mm-hmm. uh, with but, uh, uh, not Rachel Nichols, Aaron Andrews. Aaron yes. Andrews. Yes. That burst him on the scene. See, that but, burst him on the scene. He would never have been as big. If it wasn't for that moment, but let's and that's a, that's a fantastic point, Brent. But let's be honest here: was it Richard Sherman? I mean, I think eventually that was going to happen. But also, it was the NFL fans that wanted more access. They wanted the locker room access. That they wanted the on the field access. And Richard Sherman took complete advantage of that because for a while, um, even back when I first started playing, like you wouldn't really see those like in depth right after the game interviews on the field. You know, I think that kind of came later on. So Richard Sherman took a. And I'm not, I'm not saying he was an all in act. I think that's who he really is as a person. But he had an opportunity there. He took full advantage of it and kind of changed the whole landscape of, of promoting yourself in the NFL. But we're talking about a Stanford guy who's True. very smart and knows in that situation that his words were going to be plastered everywhere mm-hmm. or he could have taken the tact from a more team-oriented way, yeah. which would be more politically correct. And again, I'm not hammering for him. I'm just saying he had that choice. Well, and he's smart enough to know that choice, even in an emotional moment. 
that I'm not saying that moment was manufactured, but there's an element of it that I believe was calculated. And well, let's be honest here too. Another part that comes to my mind is Bart Scott for the New York Jets. Remember the whole yeah. can't wait thing? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that had to come before Richard, right? Or was that after? Uh, maybe right around the same. Probably about the same. Okay, Bart yeah. Scott time. But, um, you know, and maybe it was before. Th- th- that's another classic example, too, because Bart Scott, a guy who, I mean, obviously football players and, and, and fans of the Jets maybe knew who he was, but I feel like the general audience, you know, playing linebacker on the New York Jets, maybe didn't know Bart Scott, but I guarantee people know the can't wait thing. So. Yeah, that's good. Hey, a couple of comments from when we asked where should uh, Miles Jack play at linebacker. Mike and Jack says whatever he wants to play. He'll move him around based on matchups offenses. When did linebacker become so specialized? <laughs> you know, there is a thought of that. There are guys that can play, but I think still very few guys are talented enough to play all three positions at a high level in the NFL, mm-hmm. and that does speak to his ability. Chris Hensley says, wherever Miles thinks he's best at, I want a player who plays a spot they're most confident in. If he questions himself at other spots, he won't get his very best. Good perspective. And by the way, Chris, uh, what brought up our conversation is he certainly wants to play the Mike linebacker. Mike Matthews says he's out of position in the middle. At least he was last year. I feel like his natural position seems more outside, which which would agree with you. I don't think you agree his, he's outside out of his position in the middle. He might be better suited uh, on the outside, uh, given his skill set. All right. Stay in your lane before okay. we go. Cruise control. Uh, not sure Vanderbilt basketball is having a 90s night for the next season or just a whole 90s year, but the sons of Scottie Pippen and Kenyon Martin have both committed to play basketball at Vanderbilt under the university head coach, Jerry Stackhouse. And I think they just got a five-star or two in the last couple of years as well. Okay. Um, I have to go look that up. But, yeah, something's in the water yeah. at Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt basketball. Man. Get it going. And the Stackhouse – so. Stackhouse did get hired there. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So st- I, I remember when there was the talk of it. Um, that'll be interesting. Absolutely. That'll yeah. be something we'll, we'll monitor. Hey, you know what? First time in the story we talk about Vanderbilt basketball. So yeah. props to them for getting some hype going. Uh, pump your brakes real quick going out to well, to the NCAA. Uh, James Hudson, an offensive tackle, spent two years playing for the Michigan Wolverines. Due to what he says were mental health issues, he opted to leave and transfer to Cincinnati to be closer to home, which the team doctor at Cincinnati later on diagnosed as mental health, uh, a mental health issue. He applied to to get a waiver that would clear him of having to sit out to Cincinnati due to a medical reason. Unfortunately, the NCAA has declined to give him the waiver because he failed to report the mental health issues to the Michigan medical staff. Hmm. Thoughts? I don't like the idea of declining something because of a procedural deal. Is it worthy or it isn't it? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. I mean, if it's either worthy or it's not. And I think you can detect that. Mm -hmm. Uh, This sounds like they declined it on a a procedural matter. Exactly. And I'm not sure. I don't like that. Yeah, me neither. Uh, Hey, you know what I didn't get to today? And uh, uh, if you have a thought on it, we can get to it real quick. Mm -hmm. We talked a lot of college football 100 days from the start of the season. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, uh, give give me just one thing. And we we can uh, elaborate on it tomorrow. But uh, one or two things. 100 days from the college football season that will have us excited in the fall. How good of a coach is Nick Saban after getting embarrassed on national television for the championship game? How does Alabama respond this up-and-coming year? Always playing in a hard SEC. I'm curious to watch that. And I think the biggest story is uh, Jalen Hurts and Lincoln Riley, man. Lincoln Riley has been the quarterback whisperer. Can he do it again with Jalen Hurts? Something to keep an eye on. Absolutely. And look where these guys have transferred to, right? The Ohio yeah. State and Justin Fields, the Tate Martell. We talked to Manny Diaz in Miami. I'm not sure. They're, I don't know where they stand from a national 
uh, perspective of are they going to be in the Final Four, mm-hmm. but how do those immediate transfers that got a lot of headlines, how do they play out? And if they play well, people already think it's an epidemic of guys moving and transfer portal and getting uh, these waivers right away. And obviously you just read one that couldn't get a waiver. Couldn't get it. And for silly reasons, some people think they're getting some of these. Yeah. Well, then we're going to see even more and more of it. So I think it's something to watch for the broad length of college football. And uh, by the way, if you missed it today, Florida State Boise announced as a 7 o'clock kick on ESPN in Jacksonville on August 31st. We already knew the date. We already knew the opponents. But now we know the time. Brent, I'm telling you, man, you better get your eight hours in tonight because I'm coming for you tomorrow on that golf simulator. PGA Tour Superstore tomorrow. Come on by. You can win free money and prize pack. If you beat us on the simulator closest to the pin, St. John's Town Center, PGA Tour Superstore, tomorrow, 3 to 6. Come on out. Play golf with us. And try to beat us. Austin, it won't be a problem. Have a good (laughs) night, everybody. We'll see you on TV, CBS 47 and Fox 3. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.